That's a groovy button. What does it say? Mr. Nakwa, why? Wait a minute, that's not my name at all. My name is... Occupation? Peter, you dig Pete. You dig Pete. Occupation, Pete Digger. The correct letter is I. Name is not Nakwat, but Nitwit. Signed up a Harpact. A Harpact, so you're right. You're going to be an overnight success. What has six eyes, six ears, and a short life? Three dumb peasants. Hey, that's right. That's How a good one. How you know that? Well, wow. Lower the drawbridge. I want to drink your blood. That's not at all nice to say. I want to sip your blood. Much better. Oh, psychic slave, you got a big mouth. <laughs> I got to hand it to you, Rudy. You really did it there. Pow, pow. Okay, let's come in for a nice tight close-up on the monkey. And with that montage to the comedic genius that was the legendary director Jim Frawley, we welcome you to episode number 22 of the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys Podcast. As always, I am one of your humble hosts, Alan El Torco, the bandit without a nickname, Williams. And this is Al, Forever 22, Bigly. Yeah. How are you, pal It's been a while since we've been together to do this. I'm good. I've gotten over whatever seasonal crud is going around. Oh, so you got the new sinuses in from Amazon? The related sinus infections <laughs> followed, which is why I sound even more like this than usual. Uh-huh. Stan Freeberg. Uh. Forcing us out. <laughs> it's been quite a uh, an interesting time since the last time we got together, and of course, there's some great things that have happened. Um, unfortunately, we have to lead it off with, with one of the things we'll be talking about is the death of the man responsible for the Monkey's television product as we know it, the legendary director Jim Frawley. Of course, you heard about him at the front of the episode. Jim was the fellow who helped the guys with their improvisational skills, making them into a comedy unit. Kind of like turning them into the Marx Brothers. Too bad I'm too young to get that reference. Send a secret away? Heck with it. Give me $200, and will tell you what the secret away is. How that teeny bobber got in my pajamas, I'll never know. <laughs> but, uh... My... He's Hopper with the English accent. That's right. Oh, he's a cute one. But uh, Nez has finished the incredibly successful uh, And the Hits Just Keep on Tumming, Coming Tour with Pete Finney. He was kind of the Zeppo of the group. That's right. And they're getting ready. Mike and Mickey are set to go back out at the start of next month to make up for the dates that they did, plus a few. And then the big trip in June to New Zealand and Australia for seven dates. And we know many fans down under who are just chomping at the bit to see the guys. That's absolutely right. Especially Eric Oz, Monkey Man. He was... <laughs> I'm sure if he could clone himself, he'd go to all seven shows, but Jody won't give him any ideas. That's true. Well, yeah, trust Eric, multiplicity, watch the movie, it never works. But um, Jody will be along later. We've got a couple of good topics today. Uh, we're going to do not one, but two remixes this for you this time. We're also going to discuss a what if, and we're going to celebrate the uh, anniversary, the 50th anniversary of Al's very first Monkeys album, plus but wait, there's more. Can there be? Absolutely. Part one of our wonderful interview with one of the people who is uh, one of the true monkeys family, Valerie Karis Vinay. You know her from many monkeys episodes, especially monkeys a la mode. Where she was Toby. And of course, she's been a background girl in tons of scenes or a date for the monkeys or such. She has some amazing stories, and it's really cool. I'm mean, if it, you'll find out if you're around Valerie, if you drop a name, she has a story. She is Hollywood. Absolutely. And it's, she was wonderful to talk to. And that'll be coming up. Part one of the interview will be coming up a little bit later in our podcast. Hey, Al, well, that's what's called a tease. Oh, you're such a tease. I know. So, 
Shall we dive right into our first topic of the day, or do you want to discuss anything else before we get going? Well, don't forget, we need to pick and announce winners of our last monkeys contest. That's right. We have enlarged the booty package. Can I say that? And that's, no, that's just as long as you don't say all engorged and tingly. Isn't that special? You're such a tease. No, we've added a few more items. Mm-hmm. To the booty bag, the prize package for all our listeners. We had a request, but they added him anyway, so. <laughs> Can you tell I've recently done some spring cleaning? Yes. Mm-hmm. Indeed. All right. We'd like to thank all our fans on the Facebook page. We're seeing more interaction. We're seeing more people having more fun. Absolutely. Great topics coming up. Everyone's been friendly. I've, I've rocked the world with images of Davies smoking 50 years ago. So, it's funny, yeah, the pictures that you posted on the uh, on the group page today, which is the 15th of February as we record this, and I love it. Melissa Mackey has the best comment on there. Is clutches pearls. Right, that's for the benefit of all you pearl clutchers out there. Davey did smoke for a while there, and uh, he eventually gave it up in the 70s, so fear not. <laughs> but thanks for all that interaction. Keep it up. Absolutely. Keep talking about the shows, what you'd like to hear, what you... Uh, would like less of. Mm-hmm. We'll ignore it and keep on. Uh, yeah, there, there's no, no matter what you do, there's not going to be less shtick. So, and speaking of shtick, I suppose we should mention you'll hear background noise again because we are recording live and in public, if you will, again. High atop the beautiful restaurant, uh, the magnificent Palmer House. Hi over Chicago, asking that musical question. And yes, that was for you, Jamie. <laughs> we are at the Trail House again in beautiful Indian Trail, North Indian. Carolina. Yes, that's right. The reason that we're here is. The uh, NBA All-Star Game is actually in Charlotte this weekend as we record this, and Al's wife is working from home, and we didn't want to disturb her with all the monkeys talk. A lot of people are working at home instead of being uptown. Isn't that like the biggest event? I think they've It's the biggest event years. that's ever, yeah. It's, it was, the last time it was here was 1991, but that's when it was all out toward the airport. Now it's all focused on uptown Charlotte, which is why I'm not going anywhere near it. No, so. not on a bet. No, not just. But we want to thank the Trail House for accommodating us. And if yes. you hear the uh, tinkling of glasses or uh, tinkling of any other things, you know what's going on. Al is reliving the Mickey Don't, the end of the the heart and soul video moment. You got a job when you're washing dishes in the background? Right. Okay. So We got a job. Yeah, that's right. Well, Alan, you tease the audience with a uh, what if discussion. So let's get right into right. that. What is it? So I believe it was episode five where we talked about what if where the guys had uh, Bert and Bob had been able to work out an agreement with Donnie where they split the albums where one half was Donnie New York produced but the other half or even just a, a third of the album was Donnie produced and the guys got to produce the rest of the tracks so what I thought you and I would do and I've provided you with everything and we've, we've looked at this I've given you a list All right, we're going we're gonna to go back into what if but we're going to extrapolate this a little bit Say that this agreement with Donnie, which would have appeased Mike and would have appeased Peter because he would have gotten to play more as a group, let's say, for grins and giggles, that that extended the careers of the, of the group as a recording entity right. to the same length of time as the Beatles were around. So the Beatles were 63 to 70 when Let It Be was released. Now, they started recording in Great Britain in 63. You told me there'd be no math. That's right. Well, that's why I'm giving you the percent. But the Beatles started recording in 1963 when they hit it in Big in Britain before they came to the U.S. And they ended up with Let It Be in 1970. 
So going on the fact that the guys started recording in 1966, we'll extrapolate that to they were a recording entity up to 1973. You're doing a lot of extrapolating. That's right. I'm extrapolating with molasses. That's black, black extrapolating with molasses. What you do in your private life is none of my business. That's right. We talked about this. That's right, we did. So what I have done is I have given Al a list of the top 100 songs, top 100 hits according to Billboard, 1968 to 1973. And I asked him to go through and mark down the songs that he would think, if, if he were Donnie and looking at singles, potential singles, what he would like to have seen the guys record, and I did the same. And we're going to see what happens. Uh, and we're also going to include the uh, the albums, the stuff that the guys did for starting with Birds and the Bees and the Monkeys that you would like to see still on the ad as the guy's side. So, This is Donnie. Any of these songs would have been a hit. It sounds like today's Donnie, you know what I mean, the guy in the big office. But this is Donnie Kushner. That's right. If they had just stuck with, okay. All right, so, yes. All right, so. I will let you, what, you want to do these one at a time? We do them one at a time. All right. Get me warmed up. All right. Well, the first one, looking at 1968, and one of the things I tried to do is not to take more than one song from a specific group, especially if they had more than one hit. So the first one that I looked at in 1968 uh, was the number 16 hit of the year, Cry Like a Baby by the Box Tops. You know, it's, it's an Alex Chilton song, and Mickey's vocal would be perfect for that. Yeah, I think I agree. It's not one I picked. The thing is, the, the thing listeners are going to notice is Mickey was such a great vocalist. Mm-hmm. There are some I picked on here just because I would have loved to hear Mickey sing. Oh, yeah. Some are bluesy, some are sexy, some are ballads, some are comedy. Mm-hmm. But remember, he could do all that. So that kind of makes it a bit yep. unfair because like, you, could, you could highlight every song on this thousand song list and Mickey sure. would have been great for it. Well, yeah, but uh, like I say, I, I wanted what I thought would be good, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have, I tried to find also songs that the other guys could sing as well. There's there's yeah. some, you'll, we'll get to some of those, so. All right, what's your first one? My pick from this page is Mrs. Robinson. Really? Imagine Davy singing that. Yeah, I could do that. Not, yeah. putting, I, on the, not putting on the Davy shtick. No. But the way he sings hard to believe or just yeah. sings straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Not and a bad got, choice. And he's got that playful part. Imagine the part, you know, uh, with Davy's little wink like in Star Collector. When he gets to the part about, you know. Yeah. Mother's little medicine that she hides mm-hmm. from the kids, you know. Yeah. But do you think it could have ended up still on the Graduate soundtrack, seeing as how Simon and Garfunkel were the rest of the, you know, did the music for it? I doubt it. I doubt it. So. All right. Next one I picked was Midnight Confessions by the Grassroots. Another good Mickey song. Yeah. All right. And we'd like to hear from you guys. Chime yeah. in. Well, we're getting, we're getting yeah, to that. Yeah, chime in to uh, what you think. You might think... Tune in, turn on, and turn out. You might think that's the worst thing ever. You guys yeah. must be... Uh, Hanging around Jamie Telegram too much. <laughs> Ooh. Contact high, man. Protus Queen, man. Protus Queen. Dude. Do that. Next one for you there, Palomine. Next one for me. Just imagine Mickey singing Girl Watcher. I'm a girl watcher. You realize that's actually more of a beach, ta- uh, a beach oh, yeah. music song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't do that one strictly because it was a beach music song. Yeah. But, you know, but it's got the, I'm a girl watcher. I'm a girl watcher. I grew up with a friend that thought Valerie was a beach song just because it has that sort of Beach Boys vibe I can see that yeah, you know, I can see that. yeah. All right. you can imagine with the harmonies you can imagine the Beach Boys singing there now as we talked about and now like see we don't, we're, we're not talking about every one of these should be on an album right these are just songs that we, we would consider 
if we were in Donnie's position. Right. All right, now this one you said you had something to say about, and it was Judy in Disguise with Glasses by John Fred and his Playboy Band. Well, you talk about it first, how you see it fitting with the guys. This would have been a Peter song. Judy in Disguise. Okay. What you aiming for. Yeah. Kind of an anti-Griselda vibe. Yeah, but, uh, but a better song than anti-Griselda. Come on, I like anti-Griselda. Mm-hmm. That's, that's for Jody, because we know that Jody cannot stand anti-Griselda. Um, but, all right, so what's, what's your, what was your consternation with that song? It's not really a beef, but early in the 70s, and so somebody finally found this on YouTube a few years ago, Mickey did a commercial for, like, the great number one hits. Oh, yeah. The, and mm-hmm. I saw that because they ran it during the Saturday Morning Monkeys yep. reruns mm-hmm. and hadn't, and didn't see it for, like, three decades. Yeah. Found one other fan that saw it. Yeah. Seen it, saw it. So he confirmed my memory. But one of the things that Mickey sends up in that commercial, because it's a bunch of little monkeys-like romps yeah. with each song, is Judy in Disguise. It shows Mickey, like, in a big, thick pair of glasses, and he's running, <laughs> running in fast motion between, between right. some trees. He looks around like a spy in disguise. You know. I got you. That's all I want to say. Right. Just, but I, I it would, has a monkey's connection already. I would I would consider this a Peter song. I can, I, can, I can go with that. All right. Now, would they go for that if Donnie says, I've got this great song, Peter? Yeah, I think he would. If he, all right, so, all right, next for you, sir. My next song, can't you... <clears throat> Take we'll, press, we'll press the cough button. Yeah. Can't you just hear Mickey singing Hurdy Gurdy Man? Think of his version of Auntie's Municipal Court. Municipal Court, he said. Yeah, I can see that in a Donovan-esque type vocal, yes. Dreamy and... Yeah, it's, like another, it's another Dylan song. Yep. Dolan's does Dylan. Hey. I wonder if he's listening. I wonder. Uh, if... I would be shocked if he's listening. Hey, your sister <laughs> listens. Yeah, that's true. She's got good taste. Um, the next one, this one was remade as a hit uh, for the Atlanta Rhythm Section in 1979, and I prefer that version, but Spooky by the Classics 4. In okay. the cool of the evening when everything is getting kind of groovy, it's it, that could be a Davy song. I can see it. Yeah, so... And again, or, singing it straight and smooth like French songs. Or, yeah, like or if you want to country it up like Atlanta Rhythm Section, it could be a Nez song as well. In the cool of the evening. I can see it. Okay. I can hear it. All right. I should say. My next selection. Imagine Davey doing You Keep Me Hanging On. Am I getting too far out? I'm, I'm like on page three here. No, 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 no. no you, just didn't, you just didn't do as many songs as I ever yeah. did. So. All right. By the way, two of the songs that we will not be talking about in 1968 are Yummy, Yummy, Yummy by the Ohio Express Ooh. and One, Two, Three, Red Light by the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. And if We're people, sticking away, getting away from the bubblegum. And if people don't know, that's bubblegum. What that the monkeys did gum. is not bubblegum. That's true. That stuff Psycho from Jello 68 on yeah. is actually considered by people in the business, that's what coined the term bubblegum. Yep. So, but all right. Um, but no, you keep me hanging on. Imagine Davey giving his best... Diana Ross impression. Well, you know, they gave him those soul yeah. things mm-hmm. to do on, like, Missing Links. We've heard them look and, down. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I'm not saying they were successful, but All right. yep. All that's right. why they were on the Missing Links volumes. All right, so we talked about a couple of songs that we discussed before we started recording that have that no-time feel to it. My next one is one of them called uh, Nobody But Me by The Human Beings. No, 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 no. I mean that's that's a Mickey that's a Mickey sure. raspy voice jam so all right all right so do we have any oh. um you got anything else for that year because I got a couple more before I sixty eight yeah I want to mention the Turtles song Eleanor mm-hmm. 
which was their attempt to do a very syrupy, um, super bubblegum. A monkeys like song. Well, they were they their their record people came to them and they said, "We want a hit. We want it to be a big, you know, mm-hmm. kind of deliberately sappy song." Thank you. And they sang this and performed this like so over the top. They thought no one's going to go for this. Oh yeah, but that's Mark that's Mark Volman at his best is, is campy best when he's doing. But if you that. think about it, this is Daydream Believer played sideways. He's got the, <laughs> it is. It's got the same refrain. It's got the same push up to that refrain. That big loud, mm-hmm. almost Broadway refrain. But it's that's the daydream believer refrain. Then it goes back to some lyrics that are kind of quiet. And then, yep, I agree um, with you. All right, so anyway, I'm not saying they should have done it, but I just want to mention it because it's already kind of a, I agree. A monkey song there. Yep. Now I've got one, no, go two, ahead. three. I've got four other ones on here. Let's hit them. Sixty-eight. Hit them. So, and this entails Tommy and Bobby still being a part of the project. So, of course, I'm going with. Let us vote. No, not, not, not let us vote. Uh, I wonder what she's doing tonight. All right. Because that could be a good Mickey song. Uh, that could be a Mickey or a Davy song, actually. You know? And they performed it live mm-hmm. in the 70s as DJ B&H. Yep. In concert. Absolutely. And then, was it not on the album they did? The 76 DJ B&H studio album? I don't album? think it was. I don't think so. I, don't, I, don't think I mean, just live. Because live, yeah. they wanted to include also Tommy and Bobby's hits. Yep. Now, the other three... Um, this is the one I, I've all, I was always a fan of Gary Puckett's voice in the 60s now when he got to the 80s and he was already having to sing songs in a lower key that just kind of ruined it for me but out of all the songs that the Union Gap did Over You is one I could see I, I could see Mickey doing with he's got that real deep you know the uh, acquainting it to the uh, just once in my life duet that he does with Bill Medley on uh, King for a Day. Yeah. And I guess there's just no getting. All right. The Again, other. Nicky could do all that stuff. He's, he's, he's just the got. Softest and, ballad, the softest ballad. And you got to remember back then he didn't have the Broadway training either. That's so. Um, this is one that uh, it would be a Nez type, Nez Peter type jam song. And I'm not sure if you remember this or not. It's called Time Has Come Today by the Chambery Brothers. Oh, yes. Time's come today. That would have been the psychedelic, the psychogello type song that they were going to right. do back then. So, and last but by no means. I like, I like your idea of uh, Mickey and Peter teaming up. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, Mickey and Mike Shore. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the last one is uh, "Say It Loud, I'm Britain." I'm, no, that's not that. "Say It Loud, I'm Britain." I'm proud. No, that's the. Um, well, you know, Mickey does James Brown thing in concerts, so mm-hmm. maybe he could have just snuck that out there once or twice. Yeah. Now, the last one is a bit of a bubblegum, a little leans more toward the bubblegum. Here we go. Bend Me, Shape Me by the American Breed. Mickey? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, Bend again, me, it's shape kind of unfair because he fits everyone. That man fits every category. Yeah, now, absolutely. folks, I need to let you know, as we uh, look at the songs of 69 that the monkeys possibly could have done, Alan starts us off with the number one song of the year, Sugar, Sugar. <laughs> Which we will not, and no, no. the monkeys were not offered that. It was not around at the time. Before I forget, now, you want to? We want to check to see. Combine some of those songs with the songs on Birds and Bees. Which one? Yeah, I could see. I would remove Dream World. I would remove. Here we go. Yeah. Just take the middle out of writing wrongs, and we're good. Thank you. Yep. Uh, I remove that. We interrupt the song for another song. And then you, you can keep it. No, you can keep it. All right. 
and uh, the poster. The poster. Those Ooh. three. The sick. And you know, you notice they're two Davy songs, but you know, you got, I just got but, one them all. Yeah, but I mean that you put a you put three songs on three songs on that list in there with Andy's music. You still got the. Um, you know, you've got everybody involved in, including Peter, because yeah. you've got Peter on time, and you've got Peter on Judy uh, in Disguise. Yep. So, but yeah, you know, you, and you still you still have Valerie, you still have Zorn Zan, all that. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, you know, all yeah. right, all right. As we enter '69, all right. First thing I got marked down is a song I love. Always loved Elvis's "Suspicious Minds." Suspicious Minds, he said. You know, I just washed my teeth and. I can't do a thing with him. Get into him. No, I always right. love that song. And again, you can imagine Mickey just... No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it. You've heard Peter do I love you, I need you, I want you. I love, right. I want you, I need you, I love you. Alan, we're in public. Come on. Uh, yeah, sorry, Alan. We're staring. You, you, you do that. You just... Do, never mind. But I'm saying that might be something he could do. I mean, I, I could see Peter singing that because he can do Elvis. That's true, and it doesn't really. There's not a lot of vocal acrobatics involved with that. There's not a lot of. Uh, yep. Yeah, you know. Now that you say that, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking, Peter's probably going to get short shrift with this list, but maybe I beg not. Your pardon? Short shrift. All right. That's one of the songs I never made it to uh, studio. Uh, I got recording. you. I'm now, kidding. Now, for my first one, um, I've got one of two from Tommy James and Shondells, which again goes into the more psychogelic kind of Star Collector thing. Either Crimson and Clover. Or crystal blue persuasion. Okay. Now I could see, I could see Mike doing the don't uh, don't call on me thing for crystal blue persuasion. Yes, that would yes. be that would be really good. I would have never thought of that, but yes. Crimson and Clover would be you know, would have to be a Mickey song. Again, along the lines of Auntie's municipal court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to mention a song you've got down here, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival's "Proud Mary." I've got somewhere. Somebody remix that with Mary Mary. Get it, Proud Mary. Proud Mary, Mary Mary. And I need to dig that up somewhere because it's really a great Interesting. remix. But I'm just mentioning that in that context. Okay, your turn. All right, so, yours, so your first one was... Suspicious Mind. Suspicious Mind. All right, what else you got? I want to mention... Uh, well, here, here's a good one. The Isley Brothers, It's Your Thing. Imagine Mickey getting all funkadelic with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Enough, I didn't, I didn't mark it, but I see what you're saying. Enough said. All right. Now, on the same line, since, since you went soul, I went to one right above it. What does it take to win your love? Junior Walker and the All-Stars. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, that's got Mickey Soul written all over it. Now. All right. You have Sweet Caroline on this list. That's also Daydream Believer played sideways. Yeah. By Neil Diamond, who, of course, penned a lot of hits for our guys. Yeah, but I, you know, I just can't see it being as big a hit. You know, it, it, being in Charlotte where the Carolina Panthers play... That's the song they play at the end of every win. Oh. So. Yeah, if Davey sang it, I think he'd yeah, it wouldn't go. have some pushback. Might be a little bit different. <laughs> All right. What else you got? 69. These Eyes by the Guess Who. Imagine Mickey. Mm-hmm. Given that his uh, softest voice mm-hmm. impression on that song. These Eyes. All right. I, that'd be a good thing for him to sing in concert now. Yep. Um, good song. These Eyes. I'm trying to say that I'm looking at these as a couple I, I should have. Um, Time of the Season by the Zombies might have been a good Davy song, even a Peter song. I can t- I can see it. Mm-hmm. I can hear it. I can see it. 
You know, you got Bless you. We're edit that out. Don't worry. Um, I, I had down Traces by the Classics 4. Faded Photographs. Yeah, it, it's a Mickey song. Or even a Davey. It's a Mickey or a Davey song. Um, again, we're not doing Indian Giver by the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. Or Indian Lake by the Cow Seals. <laughs> I think either Davey, Mickey, or Mike could have done something great with You've Made Me So Very Happy. Imagine Mike okay, doing whoa, it. Whoa, hold, 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 hold. Imagine Mike doing a little country. Time out. My friends, that song was tailor-made for David Clayton Thomas, the lead singer of Blood, Sweat, and Tears. Nobody can touch that song. Nobody can touch that vocal. Ah, okay. But it would be interesting. Just my to, personal uh, opinion. It, it would be. It would to be. Hear. It would be. Um. I chose you for the one. Now, we're so much to, we're, we're now here's a song. Right. It's got Davy written all over it. All right. More today than yesterday. Spiral staircase. I thought about that one. I really did. Um, Plus, it's an upbeat song. It's mm-hmm. it's got it written yeah. all over it. Top yep. and bottom in the middle. We got it on. We got the top. We got the bottom. We got the. It's the top and middle bottom. It's the top and middle bottom. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh, there it is. Okay, I was. Yeah, because I was trying to like say you made me so very happy is is is. It's one of those that I will eventually I will sing in the car as David Clayton Thomas or try to Im- impersonate him. But thank um, you, baby. Yeah, thank you, baby. Thank you, baby. What's your um, next song? Sixty-nine. Nine, nine. All right. Now, I didn't want to take this away from him, but since it's Harry, everybody's talking. I've got that mark too. You know, that's the first one we've actually agreed on. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Mike. Could be, yeah. Like, don't call on me, but with his country twang. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear a word they're saying. Yep. The singing, absolutely I, free to you listeners. No extra charge whatsoever. Right. I couldn't, for the life of me, pick Polk Salad Annie, even though I think Nez might, that might be a Mickey. good one. Mickey. 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 Really? Okay. I, I couldn't pull the trigger He's on. great with comedy. He's great with that kind of stuff. All right. Yours. Davey would have done wonders with Tracy by the Cufflinks. You know, and I thought about that one too. That's Ron Dante. There's but I Archie, got I got another a, Ron Dante song that's next, an, next year. That's an Archie's connection, folks. Ron was the lead singer of the Archie's. I hope I'm not. Spoiler alert! Spoiler no. alert! Fifty years later. It's, it, well, you know, he has the record. He has the most number ones by different groups. Yes. And we're coming to another one of those. So, but Davey could do great with Tracy. Um, uh, the, I have another Nez song on here that uh, because he's starting to get into that um, Wichita Trains Whistle Sings kind of thing, you know, the uh, the Nashville stuff. Yeah. And that's Games People Play by Joe South. Okay. What are games people play now? Every night and every day now. So, all right. I can hear that, yeah. All right, yours. Mickey would have gone crazy with I Heard It Through the Grapevine. I could see that, yep. Mm-hmm. But there's an even better rocker right underneath it. I took the one a lot of a lot of these I took the one hit wonders. Yeah. Gimme, give gimme give good love and crazy elephant. Yeah. Gimme, give gimme give good love and every night. Now. Okay, I'm sorry. No, that would be another one Mickey would do uh should do today in concert. Yep. Yeah. Alright. Well, wait a minute, doesn't he Yes. Didn't he do I seem to remember something. He kicked into one that was completely out of the ordinary. It wasn't a monkey song. It wasn't 
And I thought it might have been that for some reason, but I don't know. I don't think so. All right, so, but if right. you know him, I throw something in every now and again. Yeah, well, she got Mickey would have been great on Hooked on a Feeling. <laughs> Whether the Uga Chuga. No, 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 no. I can't we, stop. We, we can't. Yeah, it, it has to be the, unfortunately, it has to be the 74 Blue Sweet version. Ah, yes. Taking nothing away from B.J. Thomas, but yeah, that, that song was made for Mickey. Now, that wraps up 1969 for me. You go. Yeah, I, that go, was it. Go. Yeah, that was Hooked on the Feeling was the last one I had for that month. But I was thinking the 74 uh, Blue Sweet version. Now, is that the one the kids know today because it's on Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, that's the only good thing about that. That's the version. He's got the cassette and the uh, the cassette play on his hip. All right, so that brings us to that brings us to Instant Replay, which we're going to get into more after we finish this topic. We're now so, entering 1970. Well, all right. So no, wait, we're not. Only, is there anything off of Instant Replay that you would not would you that you would pull? Since that was your well, I said we're, we're going to celebrate that, but I mean. Is, you mean, is there a song that I would look at and consider and then go, pull it? No, pull. You must pull not, it? No, not pull, pull. Ah. <laughs> um, I'd love so much in that album. But, you know, don't listen to Linda can maybe go. And, yeah. Uh, boy, you're really pressing me here. I hate to say it, but the symphony go, the cat symphony goes. You mean Shorty Blackwell? Yeah. Blasphemy. No. Complete bla- get, it's a- Sir? Get out. Right now. Uh, th- this podcast now is solo. Get out. <laughs> out, I say. Yeah, whatever. I didn't know this about you. Well, anyway. I mean, I would have included the original, even though Nez hated the recording of it, I would have included the original Carlisle Wheeling Effervescent Popsicle. Because okay. we didn't, all right. So, all right. Moving on to the decades of the 70s. I'll let you go first. Imagine sweet Mickey Dolan's having his way with American Woman. Yeah, but see, like, see, but the only reason I didn't do that is because I don't want to pull multiple. I, I try, try not to pull multiple songs from. But that's a good. You're absolutely right. Anything that Burton Cummings can do, Mickey can do as well or better. Yes. You know, Undone, These Eyes, uh, American Woman, No Sugar Tonight. The the guess who has a great body of work that Mickey could have. You could have easily removed Burton Cummings and put in, or even Stand Tall. Yeah, you, you could have removed Burton Cummings and inserted Mickey, and it would have been fine. And Mickey and Burton both had the same hairstyle for a while. <laughs> now they could trade hair. All right, so the first one I had in 1970 was Get Ready by Rare Earth. Now, I've got I pl- that mark, too. I play the live version of that in the music bingo game because the studio version of it sucks. But it's a, it's a rockin', you know, not the 18-19 minute version, but, you know. It's a it's a it's a Motown song, redone with a rock arrangement that's right up Mickey's alley. I gotta agree. All right. Imagine Mickey, along the lines of "All Alone in the Dark," doing "Mama Told Me Not to Come." Yeah. A little bit of comedy, a mm-hmm. little bit of creepiness, a little bit. Open of up camp. the windows. Let some air to this room. This one's for you, Jamie. Yeah. Yep. I like that. Now, we talked about Ron Dante. And talked about that he had like five different groups that were that he had top ten hits with. This is a Davy song, "Hitching a Ride" by White Plains or oh, yeah. Vanity Fair. Yes. Yeah, that would be a I great. Agree. That'd be a great one. All right. I love that. Yep. I mean, you know, it's just it's just one of those hitching a ride. It's got the great thing about those is they always gave Ron great uh, songs with great hooks to do. Here's something a little different. I know the monkeys didn't do anything overtly religious 
We had Angel Band pop up on Missing Links 3, I believe. Are you are you going for that all-time great number, one-hit wonder 70 song? Yes, I am. popping up in... Norman Greenbaum, mm-hmm. Spirit in the Sky. Imagine something that overtly <laughs> religious being done by the guys. Mm-hmm. Nope, you're fine. Sorry, I had to take a no, break that's, there. That's all right. No, that's a, a waitress break. Um, I, I would, and that would be a Peter song to me. Okay, I yeah. can hear that. I mean, that's, that's you know, that's spirit... Peter being the spiritualist of the group. That's true, too. Fits his voice, though, also. You know, I can hear it fit in his voice, also, his range. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. Next. Was it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. All right. Spin the, spin the spinner. All right. Now. Call the shots. Twist it ties you up in the knot. <laughs> That's the Beastie Boys by way of Weird Al Yankovic. Thank you. Um, there are, yeah. Okay. All right, so I've told you the story about. I'm, I'm going to give you two back. Man named Jed? Yeah. Very poor mountaineer, barely kept his family fed. Um, I've told you the story about how I first met Mickey when the ex and I drove down to Port St. Lucie, Florida. Um, he was performing a solo. He was performing a solo act. But he was also on the bill with Mike Panera, who was in. He was in uh, Iron Butterfly. They recorded in Agata da Vida. But he was also in two other groups called... Well, actually, he wasn't in this one. I'm sorry. So, all right, so The first one is uh, Green-Eyed Lady by Sugarloaf. That might be a good Nez rocker. Yes. Green-Eyed Lady, Ocean Lady. Right. All right. You know, when we mentioned Nesmith doing some of these things, I'm thinking, too, not just how he sounded at this time, mm-hmm. but what we get on his solo albums, even mm-hmm. as far away as Infinite Rider, yeah. which is late 70s. Yeah. Because the next thing I was going to mention was Imagine Mike doing Instant Karma. That would have fit in, think about that, somewhere on the last three albums, whether it's Radio Engine or Instant... Well, it, it might or, have been... T- yeah, I'm... Uh, Dogma. Yeah, do- Infinite in, Dogma. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I can see yeah. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very smooth and cool and echoey and yep. a lot of production. Now, all yes. right, let me get back to Mike Panera. Yes, I'm sorry. I That's okay. Didn't mean to um, jump in. No, not at all. I jumped um, The second one... He was not only was he in Iron Butterfly, he was in another group called uh, Blues Image. And I saw him do this song with Mickey as Ride Captain Ride. Ride Captain Ride upon your mystery ship. I can so, hear it. Yeah. I can uh, hear it. Alright. Yep. My turn. Yep. Imagine Davy doing Hey There Lonely Girl. Yeah, Eddie Holman? Yeah. Perfect yeah, yeah, Davy song. Yep, yeah, it would. Uh-huh. Perfect Davy song. Your turn. All right. Even it's short and sweet, baby. Yep. So, um, all right. This would have been, um, this probably would have been a Davy song as well. Um, Shocking Blues, Venus. I'm your Venus. I'm your fire, your desire. Almost oh. along the lines of 99 pounds. Yeah. The way he delivers that. Yeah. Yeah. But see the thing is, I don't know if we could do that because that was basically this basically a, a, a girls, uh, you know, because remade by Bananarama. But well, you just change it. She's your Venus. Yeah. All right, all right. So you had, hey there, lonely girl. All right. How about this would be fun for obvious reasons. The monkeys at this time. What if Badfinger didn't get this song, but the monkeys did? <laughs> Come and get it. Yep. And I if you don't one. know what I'm referring to. If you. No, 
I mean if you don't know the story. Yeah. That was written by Paul. Yeah, written by John Paul. It's supposed to be a Beatles song given by the Beatles to this band they were kind of shepherding on Apple, the newly formed Apple label. Kind of like Mike was doing with the uh, Penny Arcade. Right. And the joke is, this was like a surefire Beatles song. They were just casting off for this group. Imagine if the Monkees got it and the publicity. Well, if you think about it, John and Paul did the same thing in the very early days because... Jerry and the Pacemaker's first hit was yeah. uh, was uh, Ferry Across the Mersey was written or no How Do You Do It how, how Do You Do How Do You How Do You Do What You Do To Me that was written by John and Paul but um, true, all right. true I had the one um, I had the one two, two song, three songs like above it The Rapper by the Jaggers Hey Rap 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 They Call Him The Rapper that would have been a Peter song okay yeah, so. I can hear that but yeah, I also had Come and Get It. My next song, just because I love this song, but imagine Mickey chopping up this thing, up and down, chewing up the scenery with Vehicle by the Ides of March. You'll be well, my friends. That is one of my favorite, that actually may be my favorite 70s song of all time, but it's not, one, that, it's not one you could really do today at all. I mean, you know. Well, I'm the friendly stranger in the black sedan, and won't you hop inside my car? Now, I always saw it as a warning, because when this song was coming out, I'm in kindergarten learning about Stranger Danger. I always thought, watch out for these kind of people. But yeah, you couldn't do that today. No, you couldn't. Without being campy and being ironic. Um, Bringing up Ron Dante again. Yes. Uh, White Plains, My Baby Loves Lovin'. Okay. Yeah. That would probably... I would give that to Davey. My baby loves loving, my baby loves loving, she's got what it takes, and she knows got it. Good. Yeah, do we, do we decide? Actually, yeah. what about? Yes, suspense. It's the suspense that keeps me hanging on. What about? Yes. That one. Well, but just because it would cause confusion with the catalog. But that doesn't sound like that song. No, but I'm saying we're, we're talking about again. No time by the Guess Who. Right. It's another one of those songs that you can remove Burton Cummings plug Burton Cummings plug in Mickey. No oh, yeah. time left for you. Yes. All right. Do we discuss is Traveling Band by CCR? <laughs> yeah. Is that the one that sounds that's like? The, that's the one that sounds like. Yeah. Seven twenty-seven coming out of the sky. Oh, it down. That I'd like them to cover that just because it's the same exact template. As No Time, and which is really just a blues riff anyway. No Time and this song. But that, every time I hear Traveling Band, I think about that. It's the same oh, yeah. song as No Time. Now, I want to I toss one more that could have been a group. Yeah. Uh, a Ryu Chiyu kind of song. Woodstock by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Okay. You know, that, that would give them the chance to, to be to harmonized. Yeah, I could, I'd like that. Yeah. So, all right. All right, moving on. We got hang in, hang in there with us, people. We got two more years, three more now, years to go. Are good. we going to discuss changes? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hang on, let me get around that here. What songs would you want taken off? Because, oh yeah. Well, you know, if we since we're in, yeah, we forgot to do present. So it's like present. <laughs> what songs do don't we want to keep? What songs <laughs> don't we want to get rid of? Um. Oh my gosh, where to start? If I knew. Um. Now, some of that Davies stuff on Present is good because it's a little more adult, a little more production. I, I would the, I would say uh, Ladies Day Society right out the window. Yeah, that can go. You know, I mean, I realize Tommy and Bobby wanted an octopus's garden. That ain't it. But, you know, there are people that like the song. But, you know, 
Well, we'll you know, we'll, but that, even that's even Mike's really, stuff on there sounds like it's kind of filler. I hate never to say tell. It. I always like now. I, I would, oh, I like I would them. probably dump Oklahoma backroom. If I'm if you tell me. I got to get rid of either Never Tell a Woman Yes or Oklahoma Backroom Dancer. I'm getting rid of Oklahoma Backroom okay. Dancer, yeah. even though it's written by Michael Martin Murphy. Easy for you to say. Yep, so. All right. Rubber so, Baby right, Buggy so. Bumpers. Rubber Baby Buggy Bumpers. All right, so we are headed back now to, we're going to do a Changes. 1970. Right. I, I like more things from Changes than I do from Monkeys Present. I do. I you do can drum me out of the union all you want, but <laughs> take my Monkeys uh, membership card. Well, hell no. I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean... There's some good pop stuff on it. It just wasn't, at that time, the monkeys were so passe that nothing they did was going to be a hit. Right. And it right. was just down to Davey. I mean, 99 pounds is a little suspect. <laughs> like the way you put that. For me, it's stuff like Fairy Ride and Acapulco no. Sun. No, no, see, I like those. Really? Yeah, uh-huh. And Midnight Train is probably, you know, Oh My My and I Love You Better are good pop songs. Right. Midnight Train is so cool, but I wish Mickey could have done the original version. Oh, yeah. But we have the time. The headquarters. Uh, headquarters handmade. Right. Uh, but I would say 99 pounds and maybe Acapulco Sun I would ditch. Yeah, okay. But, you know. Yeah. And then replace it with Do It in the Name of Love and Lady Jane. Right. So. I got to agree. All right, now we move to 1971. 1971. The Beatles. All right, now on to the fabulous year 1971. 71. The first year without the Beatles. Ah, yes. This is going to be a controversial pick. Mm-hmm. But imagine Mickey's dulcet tones wrapping around Maggie May. Mickey could yeah. also do gravelly. He could do gravelly, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you'd have to do that Mickey over Davy. Imagine Mike. Wake up, Mikey, I think nah. I got something to say to you. <laughs> no. I can see it. See, the thing of it is, I'm not a Rod Stewart fan. What? Yeah. Don't let Allison hear this. I know. Allison, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I, good thing I got that mute button ready. That's right. Your right. pick, your pick. No, I, I, I can, yeah, I can see it, yeah. But see, now, this is one that... Mickey has done recently, but I feel the Earth move by Carol King. Yes. Yeah. And he did I that recently. Let's give it a plug. King for a day. A fabulous Greatest, solo. Yeah. Mickey CD. Mm-hmm. With Emily Osmond uh, from uh, Hannah Montana. I love her brother Donnie. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at that one? Donnie Os. Oh, Don. Boom, boom. Little All joke. Right. Little joke. Yes. All right. <laughs> Next, you're up, sir. I have uh, smiling faces. Sometimes Ooh, yeah. Imagine Mickey on that Smiling faces Smiling faces Sometimes They don't tell the truth Alright Yep Oh right. yeah That's a soulful Mickey Your turn Um You know As much as I don't like the song And I don't like the artist Because I'm really not a Joan Baez fan Yeah But you can see Peter doing the night they drove old Dixie down Getting Definitely. back to his folk roots Yep Yep so, Especially in his like his solo club dates, he do songs mm-hmm. like that big, kind of uh, mm-hmm. you know the big chorus type songs. Mm-hmm. All right. How about our own David Jones singing Tom Jones's "She's a Lady"? Yeah. Again, I'd marshalling. Rather, I'd, I'd rather much rather see him do that than what's new Pussycat. Yes. Marshalling his uh, his ninety nine pounds persona. And mar- yeah, his his stage. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Back to you, Chet. So here's one for for Nez and Peter to rock out on. Signs by the five-man electrical band. 
Okay. Yeah, so I tuck my hair up under my hat, and the sign said, long-haired freaky people need not apply. Yeah. Mm. I, I can see Michael, Michael and Peter, Mike and Peter jamming on that one. Sure. So, mm-hmm. How about, once again, Mickey in full Antis Municipal Court mode doing Dragging the Line? Yeah. Dragging the Line, Dragging the Line. Also mm-hmm. featured on one of the Austin Powers soundtrack mm-hmm. collections. I think the first one. Yep. Um... I went back to earlier, uh, higher in the Temptation Eyes by the Grassroots. Mickey? That's a Mickey Rock. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I picked this because this is one of my favorite. Let me back up. Mm-hmm. Even from the first time hearing this, I always thought this should have been a monkey song. Whether I heard it back then, mm-hmm. since then. Yeah. And that song is Sweet City Woman by the Stampeders. I couldn't agree more because when we, when we talked about this, this was the first song you brought up. Because it's, it, it's perfect. Every, I mean, whether it it's is. Peter, whether it's Mickey, whether it's everybody. And it, and it reminds me a lot of What Am I Doing Hanging Around because it's got the banjo in it and it's got, you know, so. Great chorus. Mm-hmm. Great everything. Absolutely. Um, any of the Hamilton Joe Franken Reynolds songs. This particular one, you know, I don't pull your love rather than baby falling in love. Yep. That's a good. Davey could do that one. Yeah, I, I would okay. rather see Davey, you know, because we're giving all the vocals to Mickey. I'd rather see, you know, I'd, yeah, I can see Davey doing that. Um, but yeah, I agree totally with Sweet City Woman. That would be the first one I would have them record. So you do another one because I'm coming coming close to the ending here. All right, this is um, I've actually got seventy two. I got I actually I got, got one more. I got two. I got one more. Okay. I got two more actually. Um, another song for Peter. One toke over the line by Brewer and Shipley. One talk over the line, sweet Jesus. Yeah, I'm not right. sure that would get on a monkey's album, but hey, sure it would. I mean, come on, it was the mid, it was '71. It was even, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Protus was even more popular. Then, we're playing so. "What If" mm-hmm. so by '71. And then, even though it's Rare Earth again, I just want to celebrate. I just want to, I just want to yeah. celebrate because I, and looking at these, um, the only other one that I well, actually, there are a couple actually. Looking at this, the, going through and seeing, doing a little bit, a little more in-depth looking. Um, I could see yeah, the song "Watching Scotty Grow" by Nez. That would okay. be a Bobby Goldsboro. That'd be a really good thing. And then, if you want to do another, uh, here comes that rainy day feeling again by the by the Fortunes. That would be a Davey. Here comes that rainy day feeling yep. again. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so that, so right. that brings us to... Wait, wait. I still have one more to oh, go. Yeah, one more? Oh, I beg your pardon, sir. Back to Mickey. I know I told you this is going to be Mickey heavy. Mickey singing Wild World. Ooh, babe. Okay, the only reason I have a problem with that is because <laughs> yeah. I don't like Cat Stevens. Well, no one does, but I'm still. Not... <laughs> but I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Could have torn it up. Yeah, you're right. Didn't somebody remake that since then? I know it's. There's yeah, been so um, many. A few yeah, it was. It was a, almost like a almost yeah because you know they, you had this thing where they remade like uh, Freebird and you know, that was the one Will to Power. There you go. That was the end. So there you go. All right, moving on to '72. For those of you that are still hanging with us, <laughs> Jamie, Greg, uh, <laughs> uh, Lindsay. Yeah, that's about it. And let's thank Lindsay again. Speaking of the last episode, her performance of Unwrap You a Christmas got a lot of accolades, a lot of praise. A lot of positive feedback, absolutely. And it made for a different kind of episode for us. Mm-hmm. Thank you again, Lindsay. Yep. 
by the way, that was me that said hello to you while we were online trying to get into Charlotte Heroes Minicon in case you didn't recognize it because it was kind of like, uh-oh, she didn't want to talk to me. All right, All right moving on to 72. 72. The year of Nixon. Oh, boy. Everything old is new again. Yep. <laughs> oh, for me, yes, first please. song I'd pick, Davy singing Alone Again Naturally. As a kid, I thought that was Davy hearing this on the radio. Yeah. He's got the voice for it. I mean, in about that was, an hour from now. That was the Grammy-winning song for Record of the Year that year. Now, of course, the subject matter is quite, <laughs> quite a downer. And I yeah. know Davy has been on some 70s interview shows like Dinah, where he talked about how, I think with a little jealousy, how this guy kind of elbowed into his yeah. his vocal space that he was occupying there well, with these songs. That and, should have been me. Yeah, and um, Gilbert O'Sullivan had two other minor hits. Um I know the second one. I'm going to get that. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, it's an up-tempo song, but the, the, one, we, the one he could not, uh, that nobody should play anymore is Claire. Yeah. Because that's the, that's the song about an uncle watching a little girl and, you know, acting like they're really in love. You know, how, how you play it that you're going to marry, you know, the little girls want to marry their uncles or their dad. Okay. All right. You know, so. Now, as a sidebar, growing up too, I remember when, um, oh gosh, I guess it was not Cat Stevens. Who's the other guy? Al Stevens. Year of the Cat and all that stuff? Yeah. Didn't that sound like Davy's vocal range? A little yeah, nasally. A little nasally, but certainly English. And... Oh, Lord. Get down. That was the third. That was the other ah, one. Ah. Thank you, Google. Get down, get down, get down. It actually went yes. to actually a number one song. It was actually. Number seven in the U.S. went number one in the U.K. and Ireland. But, yeah, it's like Alone Again, Naturally, Claire, and then Get Down. Told you once before, and I won't tell you no more. So get down, boom, boom, get down. All right. All right, your turn. Um, Well, again, without, you know, sticking into the Donnie version, you know, still doing it. Uh, Brandy by Looking Glass. Okay. I could see. I'd like to see Peter do that song. I think it's. It, I think it's in his wheelhouse vocal range. Yeah. Or Ned. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Ned should do the next. Right, I got your next. All right. All right. Next. Once again. Sorry, folks. Got a mouthful of tater tot. I know that's not any euphemism for something. It's a real tater tot. It's a southern thing. It's a southern thing. This is for you, Dale. Now, <laughs> um, "Lean on Me" by Mickey. Mm-hmm. Come on. Bill Withers. Yep. Sometime in our life. Very soulful, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, we agree on the next one because I'm looking and sneaking yeah. a uh, Nice to be with you by Gallery. Oh, uh, it's Gallery. Yeah, but who would you have seen? Um, Nez. Interesting. Oh, it's so nice, nice to be with you. Yes. The hey, the way he sings say. Daddy's song on that yeah. cut. Yeah. I had Mickey, but yeah. Even Peter, man. Think about yeah. it. Yep. Because it stays right. fairly in a certain range. Mm-hmm. All right. Next for me. Yep. We agreed on Nice to Be With You. Long, cool woman in a black dress by my fan, my favorite fan, favorite fan friend. The Hollies? Yes. Mickey Dolan mm-hmm. singing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. I got you with that. I'm, I'm with you on that. Oh, so. All right. This one's going to, let's see. Yep. This one's going to surprise you. Yep. Eric Carmen and the Raspberries go all the way. 
Please go all the way. Davey? No, hell, that's... Yeah, Davey. I'm sorry. Yeah, Davey. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Okay, yeah, I can hear it. Sure. Yep. But, uh... Another, uh, another possible you know, is Precious and Few by Climax. It's a beautiful slow ballad. Yeah. That'd be a Mickey song, but... All right. You'd be great for it. My next pick is I Can See Clearly Now, sung by, big surprise, Mickey Dolans. Yep. All right. Um, I've got... I went through these as, like, really fast. I don't know why. I should I should have taken a little bit more well, time. Well, you got to use some for the next, uh, the sequel. Yeah. Sequel. <laughs> sequel, my rear end. All right. All right, so um, I can see that. I can see that, yep. Yeah, you can see I can see clearly now? See, yep. Because he can, he can do that, man. Yep. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Um, this one would be a Nez song, Sunshine by Jonathan Edwards. Sunshine, go away today. Definitely. You know, kind of like when you get into uh, Infinite Rider. Definitely. Because at that point, you remember Nez was kind of getting away from the country twang right. once you got past Tantamount to Treason. Yes. All right. All right. Next, sir. How about Kiss an Angel Good Morning, done almost completely the way Charlie Pride did it, but by Mike. Yep. Pretty much straight you country. You got to kiss an angel good morning. Love her like the devil when you get back home. Yep. Now, going back to Badfinger, day after day. I remember finding out about you. Yep. That might be a Peter song. Peter David. Interesting. See, I wouldn't have thought of these with the same singer selection you have, but mm-hmm. when you say, yeah. when you you know articulate uh, who you think about singing them, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. All right. Why not give it to Peter? Why not give that one to because I got and I got one, two. Imagine, got, imagine Alice Cooper's "Schools Out," <laughs> done by Mickey. Now think of Mickey's weird glam take on Stepping Stone in 1976. Oh, it's funny you should mention on glam. Dolan's Jones voice and heart TV special. Yeah. Just over the top, growly. Yeah. All right. I'll see your schools out, glam, and I'll raise you one. Get it on, T Rex. Mickey, his head would have exploded. Yep. Oh my gosh. That would have made his stepping stone look like the uh, a very pinnacle of taste and decor. Oh my gosh. Yep. And you remember that was that was remade by uh, Power Station 1984, yep. which was the, the only other single Power Station had besides Some Like It Hot. Well, I'm about had it with 72, so you keep going. All right. Shoot, uh, shoot me, baby. This is one, um, I'm not sure whether this should be a Mike or a Mickey song, but Black and White by Three Dog Night. The ink is black. The page is white with burns by day. Taking turns, because it's kind yep. of a round. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Remember mm-hmm. singing rounds in school? Oh, yeah. How about this? How about Peter's vocals for Dr. My Eyes? Jackson yeah. Brown. Yep. Or I was, um, actually, yeah, wait a minute, where is it? Almost sounds like something should have been on Stranger Things. Uh, you know, I actually just remembered something. I actually just remembered. I you? didn't. Yeah, I actually just remembered something. I gotta remember what year it is. Alan, it's 2019. No, not that. Oh, one yet. Right, you. Right, uh, no. Um. Wait a minute. Now tell me that again. Which one? Ah, Doctor, my eyes by Peter. Yep. Okay. Right in his uh, cover of the Rolling Stone, Peter. I got a freaky old lady named a cocaine Katie who embroiders on my jeans. 
that would have been. I can, I can hear. Really get into that. All right. And since we, uh, oh, I've got one other. Sounds like us. All about Mike doing Hot Rod Lincoln. Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that. Yeah. yeah, I can definitely see that. Are you on? We're still on. You're still on seventy two. Yeah, I think okay, I'm on seventy two. Yeah, you are. Man, it's always nineteen seventy two around there. All right. The other one, and this would have been uh, Davy, although he would have. I think it would have been a stretch for him. I saw the light, Todd Lunger. Todd Runger. I saw the light in your eyes. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, all right. And now we come to the final year. 1973. Of our, of our, our fake monkeys. Uh, what if? Our, our monkeys what if segment. What if they had lasted? Mm-hmm. Here's uh, my first pick. Go for it. Crocodile Rock, camped up by mighty Mickey Dolans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not a bad one at all. Um, Alan's thinking. No, I've got two. This one, and this one I, I, didn't, I didn't realize... I forgot about because my dad actually bought this album. I don't know why, but "Drift Away" by Dobie Gray, Mickey. Perfect. Day after day, I'm more confused. Perfect. Okay. How about? Uh, actually, you go. I want to think about this for a Okay. All right, I got one for Peter. Yes. Or Davy, "Little Willie" by Sweet. Little Willie, Willie won't. Go home, but you can't. So really? Much. I've always hated that song. It's so. I agree. I think Ballroom Blitz is better. Yeah. But you know, you can't argue. It's 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 just it's got a hook. I don't what know, can you say? So, All right. So. So sugary. All right. Um, how about Davy covering me and Mrs. Jones? Just for the. Uh, Schlock value. Yeah. The uh, the humor. Me and Mrs. Jones, we got a thing going on. All right, um, I got two. I can't use the one I really want to because it's out of the time frame because it's 1974, mm-hmm. but it's the same group. Yeah. We're an American band, Grand Funk. Yep. I mean, that would be a, 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 the, the, the rock out one, so. Yep. Um, How about Loves Me Like a Rock with Peter on vocals? Possibly, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking more on the lines for him, a right place, wrong time. I was in the right place. But it must have been the wrong time. All right. That's a different song. All right, so you got Love Me Like a Rock. I can see that, yeah. All right. Um, this is the quintessential 70s pop song. I had the quintessential uh, song on quad, quadraphonic. And they called it quad. Yeah. I have to go see. You did? I didn't know there was... I'm sorry. I'm doing Nez from that Andrew Sandoval interview where he talked about finding loose salute on quad. Yeah. You got that? Yeah. Um, but it featured Jerry Rafferty, uh, Steeler's Wheel, Stuck in the Middle with You. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How about and, Peter singing that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about this? Dancing in the Moonlight, sung by my favorite pick, Mickey Dolans. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Mm-hmm. Dancing in the Moonlight is one of my favorite 70s songs. They remade it, and it sucked. Yeah. Who remade it? I forget. It was a... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's forgettable. It was forgettable, yeah. but... Along, also along the same lines, what about Shambhala, Three Dog Night? On the road to Shambhala. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, all right, so, all okay. right, never mind. 
Uh, cover of the Rolling Stone. We uh, we covered. There that. it is. Okay. Yeah, there. we All covered right. covered the Rolling Stone. Yeah. How about Mickey having a good time and camping it up with your mama? Don't dance. Yep, I had that one too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, boom, and Mike playing the lick. Boom, boom, ba dum, boom, boom. All right. All right. Um. Of course, oh dueling banjos. That's perfect for Dave. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They got a pretty mouth. <laughs> no, Davey would be more along the lines of, oh, baby, what would you say about Hurricane Smith? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know, baby, I know. Yep. You know what I'd love to see them try just just for once as a group? Yeah. Live and let die. That would have been interesting. Uh, absolutely. So, okay. Um, I'm down. Let's see. All right, so. I'm going to the last page of the Um. Maybe Mike having fun with rock and pneumonia and the boogie woogie flu. That could be, yeah. That's po- I, I was thinking maybe more Ramblin' Man. Yes. Ramblin' yes. Man would be more his than, than say, um, than uh, rock and pneumonia. But, yeah. So, yeah. Um, My Maria by B.W. Stevenson. Sure. Now, Brooks and Dunn did a country version of that. It was very good, but you know what I mean? That would be a good one for Mike. How about for Mike or Davey? It never rains in Southern California. That'd probably be have to. Uh, that'd have to be a Peter song. I yeah. Think. I think yeah. So anything that, like Lobo would have to be a yeah. Peter song. Anything about Lobo. I'm not gonna hear it in his range. Uh, the last one, or uh, before I look at the last page, um, reeling in the years, Steely Dan. Peter. Yeah. You've been telling me you're a genius since you were 17, yeah. and all the time I've known you, I still don't know what you mean. I only look at the last page real quick just to make sure I missed it. We're gonna play the Jeopardy theme right here. Yeah, Ramblin' Man would have been good, Mike. My, my, yep. That would have been a good country thing. Um, actually, here you go. Um, anything that uh, when Eric Burden d- spilled the wine. Okay. Uh, war with Eric Burden. Yeah. Would have been good, Mickey. Yeah. So. All right, but yeah, I see it, it never rains in Southern California would be a good, yeah, so, all right. <clears throat> well. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. Let us know your picks. I'm sure everyone's got their songs they've heard since the monkeys. They think this would have been great for the guys. For us, it was Sweet City Woman. Oh, yeah, Sweet But tell us what you think uh, the guys should have covered. I think the two the two most glaring would, would have been Sweet City Woman and Dancing in the Moonlight. Yep, I agree. So, Hope right. you enjoyed that. If not, uh, sorry. In the immortal words of Peter Tork, eat dirt. That's it. No, get I'm over kidding. It. In, the, in the in legendary words of the Eagles, get over it. Or in the words of William Shatner, get a life. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. We love right. everybody. Now, let's go back. <clears throat> way on back. Go way uh, back. Uh, Sherman, let's set the way back machine for the year 1969. As also another anniversary, Monkey's anniversary has passed. This That's is the right. anniversary of your very first, the 50th anniversary of your very first Monkees album. I can't be that old. Actually, I got it a few years after it came out yeah. in the early 70s, but I got it on 8-track Instant Replay. Yep. Watching the show on Saturday mornings, and my dad worked at RCA, and I guess they had a clearance bin, and he grabbed this, and my son watches this, I think. Mm-hmm. Bought it home to me. I love the cover. Of course, I had to figure out why there were only three, and I didn't even know. I'd look at Dave and think it was Mike. And I didn't even know their names yet. But you I'm thought, glad. One, which one? Which one do you think was Biff? Right, Biff. Uh, or SJ. SJ. 
like to help SJ, but he's... He's an idiot. He's a fool. Um, he's a moron. But it's a great first album because it had that stuff in the vault. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like the first album he got me was Monkey's Present, which would have... In all seriousness, it would have colored my perception of him. Because that it really was very un-Monkey's life. But this had that pop. It had the early stuff. It had the later stuff. Yep. Now, I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. But in looking at this, the manager at the time, Brendan Cahill who ended up being like the music supervisor even through uh, uh, 33 and the Third Revolutions, he screwed up. How so? Well, according to, according to Wikipedia here, since I printed out all 10 pages of Wikipedia here. Strap in, folks. It just says, the band's new music coordinator and former road manager, Brendan Cahill, believed that releasing previously unused tracks recorded in 66 prior to the group seizing control of their own recording process was the way for the group to get back to the top. Mm. Oh, gee, Brandon, I'm sorry, but thank you, Brendan, thank you for playing. Your your supply of squeezy cheese will be in the mail in six to eight weeks. But wait, what does that sound like? It sounds like our what-if scenario of what if Donnie was allowed to insert a few, quote, hits. Yeah, but at this point, you know, they've been two albums away from Donnie. And let's think, too, there was a feeling by this time of marking time. Like, they kind of knew... As as Nez put it, writing out the inertia. Writing out the contract. (laughs) Yes, Which is not like we didn't get good stuff. We could, there's plenty of good stuff on the 69 releases, but it's almost like they knew, we knew, and that's kind of sad. But still, there's some good stuff on that, that album. Oh, without question. But the biggest mistake was speeding up Teardrop City. Yeah. Now that we've got those other versions. To try to make it a, uh, to make it a Clarksville clone. But you got to remember, at this point, you know, and they were just, as you said, writing out the contracts, but... And then you've got Through the Looking Glass, which is another take on Clarksville in a way. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you've but, got great things like You and I. Yep. Featuring, Mike, featuring who on guitar? Some guy named Neil Young. That's right. And you've got great Mike cuts going full country. I won't be the same without her, which was actually written by Carol and Jerry. Don't wait for me. Don't wait for me. Yeah, don't, don't wait for me. Pure country. While I Cry. Yep. Lots of Mike in there. Not as much as we're used to getting. In but, Davies stuff, and I like some of the Davies stuff because it's more getting into that, what the 70s were about to give mm-hmm. us, that adult contemporary kind of thing that we just discussed on our list, yeah. kind of stuff that, what was it, Gilbert? Gilbert O'Sullivan. Right, Gilbert O'Sullivan would do with some of his uh, solo stuff. The only song that I would knock out besides the Cat Opus Symphony would be Just a Game. That one is a little hard to listen to. Oh, I like that. Just a Game. There's a way. Have you heard Mickey's uh, version on Headquarters where he's working it out? It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it because it's so experimental and so different, but yeah, that's not one you're going to put on your mixtape, bro. No. The, um, the most surprising cut, like I say, I'm, my favorite cut on this album is I Won't Be the Same Without Her, but second is Man Without a Dream. Yes. That is, you know, it's a Bones Howe production. Um, is it Bones Howe or Shorty Robert? We're going to look right. it yeah, up it's right Bone now. Yeah, it's Bones Howe. And that's when he started to to get involved with the horn, kind of steered David toward the, the blood, sweat, and tears, the Chicago right. kind of thing. We're about to hear in the 70s, yeah. Yeah, so. Great stuff. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, you look at the end. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Was this the first one that they did the handmade version of, the deluxe edition? I'm not sure. I know they started in an odd place because we've now had so many special editions, deluxe editions, reissues with special things. I've actually kind of lost, lost, uh, pain, lost my place. Lost your place. Not 2011, lost. 2011. It was the yeah. the handmade was 
2011, so it's like, um, probably not. Maybe headquarters was the first one. I don't know. I think so. So feel free to correct us at all at any time. And you will. And you will. I'm kidding. Well, you know, I say there's a lot of decent stuff around Instant Replay. I mean, if you look at the additional stuff that they put in there. Oh, yeah. You know, you got Sunday Man. Now, see, the, the Carlisle Wheeling is not the, is not the one that was on Missing Links 1. Yeah. It was the second version that he started with. That it kind of like that ended up his conversations on, um, and the hits just keep on coming. Right. Or whichever album it was. But, you know, me with uh, St. Matthew. Wonderful. Rosemary. So... But all in all, it's it's not a bad album. It should have gotten better than it did. But at this part, the monkeys were so passe. Now, here's what's interesting to me about these post-head albums. Mm-hmm. I grew up without any of these. You know, we had no information on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, everything after the TV show just flopped. Instant replay, it got what? As high as the 30s? 32. I mean, that is not a flop yesterday or today. No. If you crack the top 100 today, mm-hmm. you're a success. Yeah. All this stuff was still charting. Even stuff from Head, mm-hmm. some of the singles got well into the top. 100. But the thing of it is that Teardrop City was the Teardrop City went to what did it say fifty six, still and respectable. Then some, and then Someday Man went to eighty one, yeah. and then that was it. And again, we're comparing this to a group that just a few years earlier had everything was, was gold. You know, was outselling the Rolling Stones if you believe the rumor. And the Beatles in the, the Beatles. same year. That's right. So, depending on who you talk to. That's right, but I mean, which account? It's it's amazing that it's been 50 years since since everybody. So, tell me about it. Mm-hmm. And again, I had it on a track and finally got an album from an old record dealer. Mm-hmm. He wasn't old. He had he traded an old records. I'm trying to say, in 1982 or so, in my final years of high school, it was so weird to see this on my turntable because mm-hmm. to me, it's always been an a track. Always will be an a track. To see the big album art, to see it oh, yeah. with that red and white label, label going around on my turntable. Oh, yeah. I was like, no, no, it's supposed to be an A track. I also wanted to mention the great album art. The monkeys have gotten away from colorful art with the head cover, Pisces Aquarius. I really love that art. I just would stare at it on the A track cover forever as a kid, even though I didn't know who the guys were yet at that early stage. And then again, you know, let's give Mike some credit. You've got some of his first real country songs. I mean, just pure steel guitar and a strumming guitar and uh, vocals. And that was a kind of departure, too. And that was kind of daring for 1969. You know, we didn't have such crossover stuff back then. Great production on that. Davey's more adult contemporary stuff. And even the leftover stuff that uh, Mickey did that we say were kind of Clarksville ripoffs. Even those had good production values and were interesting songs and fit the group. And uh, even though you're not, I'm a fan of Just a Game, I'm a fan of Shorty Blackwell, a rock opera before Queen. Yes, I said it. (laughs) Great experimental stuff mixed with more traditional stuff. So I had no problem as a kid getting that, and and I didn't see the show enough then on Saturday mornings to, to plug into the fact that I wasn't hearing any of these songs on the show. But there were a few songs, again, like Teardrop City, that sounded like the songs I did hear on the show. A lot of good stuff on there. And now we come to that section where... Wait, wait, Alan, you're, you're, you're changing. You said, you'd, you said you had this under control. I don't, I don't feel... Some, you're changing. Something... 
321 KHJ Jets at the time with a fake real Don Steele. It's time once again on the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys Podcast for another one of those great Al Bigley remixes. Monkeys remix, mix, 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 mix. Al Bigley, what do we got for today? Monkeys. Thank you, fake Don. Today, in honor of our special guest, we have my remix reappearing once again of Valerie, the TV version of Valerie, hyped up, amplified, and ready to go. KHJ Jet Set Tie right here with the Real Don Steel Show, minutes away from that brand new exclusive on Boss Radio from the Monkees.
22 page here, just in time with a fake real Don steal. Back to back, Max and Wax, Stacks and Wax. We got a back to back two for Tuesday. Double play on the mini is Al Bigley. What do we got coming next? Monkeys, monkeys. Here is my previously unheard remix of Gonna Buy Me a Dog. I took the non traditional backing track, the one that uh, Rhino released on some recent special set, and I added back in. Mickey and Davies vocals from the version we're most familiar with, the comedy version. So here is kind of a straight, hard-rocking version of Gonna Buy Me a Dog. Lay it down. This is I'm Gonna Buy Me a Dog. Take one. Count it, Hal. Yes, on the colors, and you, I went black. What happened? It, it happened again, Alan. You changed again. Oh no! 
A startling metamorphosis did occur. I steeled up. You steeled up. Uh, Some people hulk God, out. I love when I do that. You know, I, even though I'm not around when he's around, I love doing that. But that's another story. For Some people time. hulk out. You steal out. Steal up. <laughs> steal out. Up. Monkeys. Monkeys. In. You know, we don't need the uh, echo effect in this place with that. Not at all. No, I hope you enjoyed the remix. I, you know, I lengthened the song, added some effects. Did some things there at the uh, musical bridge, the musical break in the middle, and uh, tried to imagine it as a real quote-unquote song. Absolutely. Uh, listen, you do yeoman's work on these, man. These are awesome. Thank so, you, thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, now that we've gotten the remixes and I'm done stealing up for the day, it's time now for another one of our great interviews, and you're going to love this. If you know anything about the monkeys, then this woman should be no stranger to you whatsoever. She is, to this day, just full of love, and you're going to hear some great stories. You're going to hear how much she truly cares about the guys to this day. And so without further ado, here's part one of our interview with Valerie Kiris Vinay. Well, Al, it looks as if we've done it again. We have landed another outstanding member of the Monkees family, the Project family, to join us this afternoon. You mean Mickey's hairpiece handler? No, not no. That's Mike's hairpiece handler. I'm sorry. So, no, we are thrilled to be joined by a woman who was, to me, she was the quintessential Monkees girl. She was a vital part of the first season of the project. She was involved in a lot of the TV shows. She is, was and still is good friends with the guys. And we are, now you'll have to clear up this uh, eventually for us. Uh, well, we'll get to it in a minute. But we are thrilled to welcome to the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Monkeys Podcast family, the wonderful and charming Valerie Karras Vinay. Valerie, thanks for joining us and welcome to the family. Well, thank you for having me. Um, we want to start the interview as uh, we don't, it, it's going to start on a bit of a note, but we want to talk about the untimely passing of Jim Frawley, the great director who basically made the Monkees TV oh. show what it was. So what we wanted to ask you is about is give us, if you would, just a memory or two about working with Jim and the kind of director he was in this early stage in his career. Oh, my gosh. Um Uh, I hope I don't cry. Uh, Jim was very, very dear to me, and uh, he was just a regular guy, you know, and he'd show up at the the most interesting places. I'd go to visit a friend, and there he'd be, you know, talking to everyone, including everyone. He was uh, very giving. He cared about everybody, and... um, uh, I'm so sorry that that he passed away. I really am. I'm I'm missing him a lot. And um, so, on a brighter note, I'll tell you a little story of of, uh, being on the set with Jim. So, one day, uh, there is shooting and everything, and, you know, it can get long, waiting, waiting, waiting. And uh, I was outside of the stage, and the red light was going, and I thought, oh, you know, I know how to enter this. So I opened the door very quietly and sneak in and tiptoe, tiptoe up alongside of the stage wall. And I'm tiptoeing, tiptoeing, being very quiet. And all of a sudden I hear, cut, (laughs) Valerie, 
And I said, oh, my God, what happened? And he says, you just walked right through the shot, and everybody was laughing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, what, what it was was they had a, a fake wall and a window. And so I thought that I was being very clever walking up alongside of the wall. Well, on the other side of the window, they had me, they saw me tiptoeing through <laughs> the, <laughs> the shot. So it was so funny. And um, he was he was just uh, a, a prince, you know. What can I say? He was a prince. He made us laugh. Uh, he was uh, a teacher. He made me feel like a star. And uh, I'm really missing him. I'm, you know, devastated that he, that he's left us. So. It's a great loss for all of us, but. Al, I would say that was one of the things I loved about Jim was he was – I don't want to use the term comedic genius because that's for my friend Jerry. But that's another – but <laughs> when you watch him in the in the episodes where he's actually appearing, the voice of the computer in Monkey and Machine, Rudy in um, – Blow Their Minds. Blow Their Minds. And uh, it, it just he, – he was incredibly funny, mm-hmm. and I think his ability – and. If I remember correctly, you know he he was the one that taught the guys how to improv, and you could see that throughout his acting appearances in the show. I can't watch Monkey versus Machine without cracking up at the, with his the voice of the computer. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah he he was a gem. Um, Monkeys versus the Machine brings up uh, the name Stanley um, Freeberg. Freeberg, and. Uh, <laughs> I remember once uh, this uh, off the not on the monkey set, but I was in the office, the uh, production office, of, um, and uh, Stan Freeberg walked up to me. He said, "Are you Valerie Vinay?" And I said, "Yes." And he said, "Oh my God!" He said, "When you go home tonight," he said, "just tell Nick, please don't tease." And I never did find out what it was, but when I told Nick about it. He cracked up. He was rolling on the floor. But apparently, they were very, very good friends, and um, and they wrote something together called "Please Don't Tease." Where it is or what it is, I have no idea. So, but uh, what a wonderful man he was, a talented man too. Um, so many people that we've lost, huh? I try to think about all the people that we still have, and that's. Uh helps not think about all the people that we've lost. Very true. You know? Well, Valerie, tell us about your early days. Did you grow up around Hollywood? Yes. I was raised in Hollywood. (laughs) Um, So I went to Hollywood High for a little while. Um, And uh, I had a part-time job on... um, on 6th Street, and it was for some opticians, and it was, you know, an after-school type thing. Uh, And a gentleman walked in for some glasses, and he walked up to me. I was sitting at reception, taking calls, modeling glasses, and he said, have you ever thought about being in the movies? And, of course, I perked up, and I thought, well, yeah. I think I was 
you know, 16, maybe 17 or close to 17. And um, turned out that his father was the head of talent at 20th Century Fox. And he later became a casting director. And uh, he was the one that put me in Batman, actually, uh, and uh, Vanishing Point, and um, what else? Uh, A show with uh, Linda Pearl called Just Like Normal People, Mm -hmm. and uh, Shadow on the Land, Over the Land. Uh, That was the first movie of the week ever. Nice. And um, what else? I can't remember. It's almost like a true true (laughs) Lana Turner Schwab drug story. It is. Now I see that. I never thought much of it before Mm -hmm. because he became such a good friend. Um, I dated him for, Mm -hmm. uh, for a while, for quite a while, actually. Um, you know, we were all starving actors at the time, and uh, uh, it was James Brolin and, mm-hmm. and Michael McLean and myself and my uh, my friend Cherie, and we were all moving furniture and, and furnishing apartments at the time, trying to make a living in those days, and uh, uh, Michael became uh, a big casting director uh Let's see, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids, Sound of Music, um, The Great White Hope, uh, One One Day at a Time, uh, just Cagney and Lacey, you name it. He was he was the man that was casting everything, and not, a not wonderful to, man. Not to digress, but when you when you mentioned Butch and Sundance, you made you made me think of my two favorite scenes from the movie. The one where yeah. the, the one where the 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 boxcar blows up and Redford with the chaw in his mouth says, "Thank you, Mr. Dynamite, there, Butch." And then the fight uh-huh. scene between uh, Paul Newman and Ted Cassidy, just hilarious. Ah, yeah, Paul Newman. There's another name mm-hmm. I can tell you a little story about. Um, we used to when we were, uh, let's see, was this before or after the monkeys? I think it was after the monkeys. Or maybe during, but on Sundays uh, we would all go to a place called the Four Oaks mm-hmm. in um, Beverly Glen, one of the canyons here, and uh, there was a Hello? It was a mainly a beer bar with pool t- pool tables and nice. you know um, not a uh, just a place jukebox that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and all good friends would gather there. And uh, bring their motorcycles, and uh, the girls would just jump on the back of whoever had a didn't have someone on their motorcycle. And uh, two of the people that were there constantly were uh, Steve McQueen and Paul Newman. Oh wow! So we used to take these long rides all the way into Malibu, and you know, across Canaan, and uh, uh, wonderful, you know, wonderful memories there too. So every time you bring up a name, I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> I, I, I warned Alan. I warned him. Mm-hmm. Well, Did you warn him? That, that, that's yeah. Why we set aside two he can really get here. going. Mm-hmm. Now, um, yeah. of course, I have to ask you about Batman. I'm a big comics fan. Well, so is Alan. Mm-hmm. I've even cosplayed uh-huh. as the 60s Batman. I think I sent you a picture. Of me as the Adam yes, West you Batman. did of your costume. You look great in that. Thank you. But give us quickly, give us your impressions I, of uh, your time on Batman. 
Well, um, you know, I, I was on the monkeys set constantly every day, and uh, on Batman I was only in two episodes. But uh, the people there were very, very nice, and uh, Julie was incredible. Uh, I mean, I, I had to make sure my mouth was closed as I was looking at her because she, I was in such awe of her. She's uh, such such a great role model and actress and uh, a wonderful person. But uh, the one day, one of the days that I was working there, was, uh, they had these little dressing rooms right on the right on the stage. You know, they were just little things on wheels. And I was in my dressing room waiting, and all of a sudden, I hear the director screaming and yelling and angry. And I'm going, oh, my God, is he angry at me? Of course, I take everything personally. And uh, I looked outside, outside of the door. I peeked outside, and he's looking up, 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 up on the catwalks, you know, way up on, on the soundstage. And there she is in full costume on all fours, hissing and swatting at him. I mean, it was hilarious. These oh, two were just going at it. The director was going, you get down from here right now. And she was going, Row, you know, and swatting at him. And, and uh, it was it was really something. I wish we had iPhones then. I oh. wish, you know, we could have gotten some something like that on 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 film or on uh, on our video now, right? Not film. Yes. Those days they used film. That's why he was so mad because film was so expensive. Right. Now, yeah. is, so, that, is that the episode with Leslie Gore? Um. No, I don't think so. I don't remember Leslie. Yeah, no, the, uh, we were. Multiple, I was Kitty. Episodes with kittens, and we were just thinking because. I have not watched the the original series in a long time, but that was the the what yeah. popped into my mind was that the you were sharing the stage with Leslie Gore, and that was the, the episode that she sung. But California it, Nights. I I can only imagine you just up there looking at Julie Newmar, and I I, I can understand having to keep your mouth closed. It's just wow. And um, uh, yeah, wow. And uh, <laughs> and I was you know I was just there, and and here's this direct. The last thing you want is a director to be mad at you. You know, and uh, <laughs> thank God he wasn't mad at me, but uh, he was, um, they were really going at it. It was really funny. Uh, now it's funny, oh, I yeah. should say. It wasn't that, it wasn't funny for him, I guess. <laughs> and what, what a lot of people don't realize is Julie is about that far out in real life as she is as Catwoman, probably more so than as her characters. Um, yeah. She's so yeah. sweet and so charming and just, uh, Certainly travels to the beat of her own mm-hmm. drum. Now let's yes. let's call in the connection. Julie, of course, was in an episode of The Monkees, so let's segue to The Monkees. How did you get involved with that project? Um, I think I was working on a Jerry Lewis film on the lot, and um, Alan is trying hard when not I got to do his impression. <laughs> when I got home, I had a message. Right. Uh, they wanted me in for an interview on stage, I'm going to say four, on the Columbia lot. 
at that time. It's a small lot. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but it's a very small lot. And I worked, I was there quite often. And, um, and so I went to this interview, you know, um, on the stage, I walked in to the stage and it was dark and I could see one light and I walked on and there was nobody there. And I was kind of, it was eerie, you know, and, uh, then I heard footsteps and, um, Bert Schneider, uh, came up, you know, that's, that's when I met Bert Schneider and, uh, he said um, that they were doing a TV show, and he said that, um, he could, you know, the typical questions uh, of an interview. Uh, one of them was, can you travel? You know, I guess they were planning to go on locations and everything. I said yes, and, and he hired me. So that's how I got on the show. It was um, a one-on-one interview. And now I feel very, very special about that. I have no idea where he got my name. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he saw me on the lot, but uh, I don't know. Uh, but I, I do feel, you know, privileged uh, because from what I've heard, the other interviews were with lots and lots and lots of people. So, um, but I was the only one on that one. And he was very sweet. He was he was a very sweet man too, you know. Everybody in the uh, cast and crew on the monkeys, uh, they're golden. They're a family, you know. They're uh, wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, that I think that added to the success of the show because everybody got along so well. We really, I believe, we really loved each other. I know I still love my boys, and. Uh, I should I guess I shouldn't say my boys but when you when you bond when you're that young those friendships are very very meaningful and we were all really young when we met on the monkey show so um I think those bonds stay forever I and I I like to call them my uh TV brothers and uh, because I I feel like they are they're uh, very very special to me they you know they're good to me very good to me I love them said, all as Davey once said it's like the mafia once you're in you're in so <laughs> well okay uh, you know, that that leads me yeah. to that leads me to the next to the next question when you came to meeting the four of them for the first time. Talk a little bit about your initial impressions and which one you crushed on first. I had no crushes. I want to make that very, very clear that uh, this was my job and this is what paid the rent. Okay. And uh, I had absolutely no crushes. To me, all four of them are like brothers. I love each and every one of them equally. Very good. Um, tell us a little bit about your initial impressions of each one. What stood out to you the most? Well, they had—they all had their um, unique ways. Uh, 
Michael kept everybody laughing. He was hysterical. He's he's a comedian, you know. I mean, maybe he doesn't know it, but he's very funny. He's very, very funny. So he was a lot of fun to work with. And uh, Peter, of course, he is always very spiritual and uh, extremely intelligent and very loving. And uh, Davey, you know, uh, was wonderful. Really, you know, every, when when I would walk out on the set after, you know, when we're ready to shoot and everything early, early in the morning, a cup of coffee, whatever, and, uh, oh, there's Davey. <laughs> a kiss, good morning. Same thing with Peter, same thing with Michael, same thing with Mickey. You know, we just really, really uh, loved each other you know, loved each other as as friends, as we uh, worked well together, and uh, we, you know, were very close mm-hmm. in those days. Yeah, and you can see even into the second series where second season where you see the Christmas episode and you see the end of it where they're bringing everybody out onto the set. You can still see the the love and the family type atmosphere. At the time, at, at, during that episode, and that's one of the things I really enjoy in reading about it. And you've got other people like um, they talk about. Mickey talks about Irving Lippman, uh, Lippy the cameraman, who worked with him on Circus. Irv so, Lippy. Yep. So there's always and uh, John Anderson. <coughs> yeah. I think, but, mm-hmm. I John. Yeah, John. Uh, wonderful. Uh, he I, he's gone too. Uh, yeah, all of us. We were very, very. Uh, what can I say? We were, we were a family. We were close. We were, you know, looked out for each other. Mm-hmm. So I'm pouring myself some more coffee here. When they first approached you to be part of the Monkey Show, did they tell you we want you just to be this, just to be that? What, what was yeah. your initial oh. role? Mm-hmm. Well. Um, I thought I told you that, but oh. um, you maybe you, I maybe I him, I, I think him. I told you. Yeah, uh, um, yes. Uh, Bert Schneider in the interview, he said, "Would you would you mind standing in?" And I said, "No, I don't mind standing in. I love standing in. Are you kidding? That it's you know the best education that you can get on a set." And um, he said, "Would you mind standing in for a young man?" And I said, not at all. It was Davy. <laughs> so this is yeah. basically for the block, and then, for blocking purposes. I, yes, uh, a, a stand-in will do. It's a lot more intricate now, but a stand-in will do everything so that the star doesn't get worn out. Gotcha. Under the lights while they're lighting, mainly it's not just blocking. It's a, it's a lot having to do with the lighting, mm-hmm. you know, too. Because when you move from spot to spot, you know, you've got to have the right lighting on you. Mm-hmm. Well, so, um, blocking as well. But first, the principles will block, you know. So I'll be watching what Davy is doing. And then they go relax 
while the crew sets everything up. Lights, you know, props, whatever. And uh, that's where I would be. And, of course, Michael has had his own stand-in, and everybody usually has a stand-in. And uh, then later on uh, was Ward Sylvester, who came up to me and said, Valerie, we're writing for you. We're writing for you. And I was shocked. I looked up at him and I said, really? You know, why? Uh, I think because I couldn't figure out why they would be doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turned out to be kidnappers. You had a big part in that. That was. I don't think it was big. I don't really think any of them were really big, but um, but they were a part of the show, and that that was meaningful. Well, one part that was big, Alan. Yep. That brings us to uh, Monkeys Alamode, which I find one of the most interesting first season episodes because it looks at yeah. There was everything. I enjoyed everything about that from the start to the beginning, and. A lot of that goes to you. A lot of that goes to the credit of the woman playing Madame Quagmire. And then, of course, our favorite person, Rob Roy Fingerhead. <laughs> that was, that, that's one of my favorite episodes. So would, did they – you mentioned Ward said they were writing for you and that led to kidnappers. Was that the same thing where they gave you an even bigger part in a la mode? No. There was an actress that was set to do that part um toby willis Mm -hmm. and something happened i don't know what Mm -hmm. and uh bob rafelson said give it to valerie she can do it coming from bob that's pretty high praise i like that bob was a very good is a very well i don't you know i haven't seen him for years he doesn't live in california and I guess I missed him at the Egyptian theater, which is very sad. Mm-hmm. But um, but we were very good friends, mm-hmm. very good friends. We you know we had lots of phone conversations, and um, and uh, we were very good friends. I hmm. I, I can't I, I don't know how to how to tell you how how close everybody was, mm-hmm. you know. Do you believe me? Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, you can I mean, tell looking at the episodes. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. and to me that was what set the first series, of, the first season of the series apart was you could see all the fun you were having. It was almost like the TV show before they went out on the 67 tour and came back for the second season. It was almost like... The TV show was uh, an oasis where they were in the eye of the hurricane, but you had friends and family, uh, friends and extended family around you, and, and that's what made it, to me, that's what made it stand out, along with the, the great writing and directing. Oh, yeah, the great writing and the great directing and the, and the great cast and the great crew and everybody that uh, worked. I think that's how good projects uh, work. If you have a project and everything starts going awry and people don't get along and everything, mm-hmm. then, you know, it, uh, I, the audience knows. The audience picks up on it. Uh, I never saw the show while working, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen all the episodes yet. Wow. Yeah, there are some that I have not seen. You know, I've not watched in a long time because it is. We won't talk about those. Well, but we all as fans have our favorite episodes to watch, but. 
Um, the the three that stand out to me that I or the four, you know, you've got kidnappers. Uh, you were in the early scenes of Too Many Girls, um, and then Alamode, and then what we'll get one we'll get to in a little bit uh, a little bit later. Some like it lukewarm, which I think is probably the best late episode that there was. I heard I was a lousy drummer. <laughs> those drummers, those drummers are so picky. What you mean, Zappa did not come and ask you to join the Mothers of Invention after that episode? Uh, I don't know. Uh, well, oh. that, that's one of the, that's yeah. one of the outstanding rumors about Mickey that Frank Zappa wanted him to become the drummer in the Mothers of Invention after the project ended, but Mickey turned it down. Oh, uh-huh. so, yeah, I yeah. don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm not aware. Now you said that. Uh, you know, you were working so hard on the show, of course, so you were kind of isolated. But when did you first get an inkling about how big it really was, what was happening in the real world, the, the monkey <laughs> mania that was about to happen? Well, I do remember um, uh, one time going out to lunch. Uh, and now I want to make it very clear that we all went out to lunch all the time. I even, you know, I even went to lunch with Larry, um, Larry Hagman and, you know, it's a, it's a family, right? So you get 30 minutes or something, you can run across the street or drive down to, or 45 minutes sometimes or drive down to the local health food store. So uh, this particular day, Michael and I went to lunch and uh, we were driving back through, back on the lot, and there were all of these girls hanging on the fence, on the chain link. In, the, in those days, it was at the gate, there was a chain link fence, as I remember. And there were all of these girls, and they were, I said, I looked at Michael, I said, what's going on? <laughs> I didn't know, you know, and that's after the show aired. I, you know, of course... You know, we had no idea. Um, I had an idea that it was going to be a success. I, I always knew it was going to be a success. Um, I even, you know, told Bob Brafelson, "Don't worry that it didn't sell. It will." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and he, he said, "Oh, it. we're going to," you know, and it did. Absolutely. And um, he said, "We're going to call you our lucky charm." <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was funny, it's yeah. sweet. They kept you around. They kept me around. Yeah, they kept me around because I was on time. I'd show up, and I was I was um, serious about my work because I had to have the rent paid. You see, it was eighty dollars a month for me. Wow. My rent, and that was big in those days. Did you have any thoughts on the music, the monkeys' music? Did I have what? Any thoughts back then on the monkeys' music? Oh, any thoughts? Or the you know um, their, their battle for their independence to make their own music and all that? Oh, I no, I had no idea about any of that. Uh, I was strictly television show, and I liked hearing the playbacks when they played them when we were, you know, would dance around or whatever, and I'd jump in to dance. That, well, I mean, that's oh, uh, yeah. and you, you can't argue with the the facts. You know, with your with Nick, your husband, later on, you are also not just a television person, but you are also a, I'm a big music fan. I would imagine, and I'm sure that your your tastes are varied, which is really 
which is really saying something because today everybody well, seems uh, to be. You know, you brought up um, – I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, you brought up Frank Zappa. Uh, did you know that Nick Vinay produced lump, – is it Lumpy Gravy? Yes. Lumpy Gravy, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Excellent, excellent. So – it was um, he was a, he was a genius that was never appreciated until seriously after his death because when you look back at his body of work, it is amazing that just you you mentioned Stan Freeberg. I am a huge Stan Freeberg fan. Um, mm-hmm. I, the creative genius that he was, not only in creating music but creating you know writing for the uh, the all the great ad campaigns that he did, plus all the parody songs that he did. You put him. And Frank, side by side, they're both creative geniuses to me. And I appreciate Frank's music much more today than I did growing up because you know, I'm, I'm an original maniac, I will tell you. I turned 60 this December. So I, you know, I, I was a pop kid growing up. That's all I listened to. But I appreciate so much more now. And Zappa was a true talent. And I'm glad that he, in, in all honesty, that clip with Mike and Frank Zappa was the first time I'd ever been introduced to him. And I'm scratching my head, who is this guy? So, at the time. And you know, we've got to ask. Yeah. We've got to ask, what are your thoughts on the song, Valerie? The monkey song, Valerie. Well, I like that song. Mm-hmm. I would think so. <laughs> I like that song. Now. They misspelled my name, but <laughs> uh, but they misspelled it on Batman too. Did you see how it's spelled on um, on Batman on the credits? That doesn't surprise me. It's spelled B A L E R V A L E R I. Wow, that happens more than you think on TV shows. They must if you pay thought, attention. They must have thought you were your Russian cousin, Valeri. So. <laughs> they didn't give me uh, uh, any credits on kidnappers wow. <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. I have to call the. I have to actually. I have to call Screen Actors Guild and tell them that you had they, speaking lines. You, you had know. speaking lines, right? Yeah. I, you know that, but I got no credits at all. Mm. So, uh, I, that, you know, who cares at this stage of the game? Really, that's who cares? That's uh, uh, the, the thing that's important is to me is my fans, the people that love the monkeys. They've been so supportive to me, uh, so loving to me, and uh, I adore each and every one of them. Well, I do. Our fans are... And that's what's important. That's our, what's important, is the love. True. And our fans are you guys, happy look at to this, hear that. You know, you guys, you guys are calling me up and wanting me to... Um, uh, be interviewed. That's um, it's, it's very, very special to me. Very, very. I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. Well, you're, you're on credits, well. on uh, who did what, on on what I have or how big or small I am. I, I don't consider myself any kind of an icon. Um, I was an actress. I had some small parts, you know, and uh, that's about it. You know, but and I'm very, very lucky to be as loved as I am. Well, the reason we're interviewing you is because there are so many people out there that appreciate you and love what you've done. That's right, and we, want to hear from you. We we love you just like everybody else does. I mean, you are you are truly a, 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 an important member of the Monkeys family because you are 
one of the most rec- you're one of the more recognizable faces on the show besides the four guys. But and, and, and we're we're honored to have you here. That's just, you know that's why we you know we we jump for joy when you agreed hmm. to come on. And you know um, the way they shot the monkeys, everything was uh, on the spur of the moment. <laughs> And, uh, oh, God, nobody ever calls me, and now the phone is ringing off the hook. <laughs> Either you're um, in the shower or you're being interviewed. That's when the phone rings. Yeah. So uh, and what it did is it threw me off. What, what did I start to say? Well, you were just anybody about, remember? We were talking about how uh, they were all the, the fans, uh, how, how the fans appreciate you and the fact that you know, we wanted to interview you and – you, you're, you're very oh, okay. Um, uh, okay. Uh, you know, I was on the set every, almost every day. I shouldn't say every day. Nobody was on, on the set every single day. Um, but I was there most of the time, let's put it that way, because I was Davy's stand-in. So um, since I was there all the time, they would think of things on the spur of the moment, like, uh, uh, like for example, you know, the picture of um, of me rowing the bo- the boat, no water, mm-hmm. and yes, and Michael playing the banjo. Yep. You've mm-hmm. seen that a million times, I'm sure. Uh, that that's a good example. It would be like Bob would say. Hey Val, come here a second. Put this jacket on. Put uh, Jean, get her a get her Davy's hat or or whatever, and, and they'd throw me in, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up being in so many episodes. Well, that was and, and and that's what to me set other than the quote unquote music videos portion of it, the coolest thing of the entire show that I always watched for, especially in the first season, was the romps. Just to see the ad living, the the just the candid stuff, you know, you, the guys running on the beach playing with the kids, you know, the uh, I, the the bit where they're pounding Davy into the sand, or you know, the where they're in the early episodes where they're driving the dune buggy underneath the swing, and you can see the or the bridge, and you see the camera, everything, and being chased by kids, and, and like during the Captain Crocodile episode, and the the romps to me were the were the coolest thing because you got to see a lot. Not just the set, but yeah. you got to see a lot more stuff. Yes, yes. It was, uh, uh, the, the show is is brilliant. It is. To this day, to this mm-hmm. day. I I guess they're showing um, showing it on the Family Network now. The family Entertainment, yeah, FETV, TV, yes. Mm-hmm. Family Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, and unfortunately, that's, they not actually, on my, that's not on my, not on my system, I'm afraid. They actually used a. Uh, this is a while back. They actually used the the kidnappers thing where I say, you know, party at Davy's house. Wow. They used that as a promotion for the show. Love it. Excellent. Yeah. Um, not this. I don't know about this time around, but this was maybe a year or two ago that they were doing that, which was which was interesting and nice for me. Love that. That, uh, that they did that. No. And uh, it's not on Antenna TV anymore. No. So if Antenna TV is listening, please put the show back on because people really miss it in California. Well, one of the things that I've noticed, and I have complained vociferously about this, 
the, uh, uh, sorry, sidebar out just a second. All right, mm-hmm. so you've got Antenna TV, Get TV, Me TV, Decades. They all seem to just recycle the same programs over and over. And it's like mm-hmm. w- when they show the when they show the guys, they would it would be on Saturday or Sunday. You get two episodes a, a day, and they would run through the the fifty eight episodes two maybe three times, and then gone. But they give you the same episode. You know, they they just they rotate like Walker Texas Ranger in the heat of the night. All these other shows back and forth from network to network. I've seen every episode of the Donna Reed show four times now on decades. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I can I can only handle I can only handle Paul Peterson so much, but no. But I, I get what you're saying, and and Antenna TV needs to listen to the um, to the fans and bring it back because you know we are loud and we are strong still. Fifty three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bring back the monkeys, darn right. it. That's right. Celebrate the 53rd yes. anniversary. Um, Good, clean fun. Hey. Um, I, you know, I have to tell you that I, I had a mm-hmm. surgery, um, oh, 2013. Mm-hmm. And um, as I was going under, <laughs> you know, you're laying on the table, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going into surgery, and the anesthesiologist says, you were on the monkeys, weren't you? <laughs> Good memory. What a, what a time to be recognized. I know. Yeah. Oh, what a time to be recognized is right. That was very funny. But yeah, it, you know, it it I, I probably did crack the tension a little bit, which is good. So one <laughs> yeah. of the things we wanted to, to to morph into was you kind of you were you had much more of a presence in the first season. Then in the second season, was that something because you were not available or they were doing different things? But why did we not see you as much in the second season? I have no idea. Because I remember, you know, like say, some like it lukewarm, but I'm I'm struggling to remember to see if she was in. Uh, I don't even think she was in monstrous monstrous monkey mash because the girl mm-hmm. in the the girl that played I'm the daughter. Wait for the sequel. You know that wasn't her. But it just, and I think, you know, well, that'll lead into my, to the, to this next question. Um, at what point did you, being on the set a lot, when did you notice the difference in the guys when they came back for the second season and it was like all of a sudden the TV show was secondary and, and, and it, like they stopped caring about the show? They were too hip for the room, you know, yeah. they... You know, we're the big stars now. I saw no difference in them with me at all, mm-hmm. ever. There was no difference. Excellent. They were all the same, mm-hmm. just like they are now. Mm-hmm. You know. But did you notice yeah. anything? Did you, was there a specific time when when you were when you were on set and the way they were handling themselves on the show, the acting, the ad libbing, the the flub ups? Did you did you see a specific time when this actually when they kind of transformed that they were tired of, they they came back and they were immediately tired of the scripts they went through a few of them and then all of a sudden it seemed to fall apart as far as the acting went and and, and the way they approached the TV show I never saw that never noticed they were all incredibly talented 
you know, after the show, we would go to dinner. Um, we would go to movies on weekends sometimes. We were still a family. They were always incredible to me. I never noticed any. Um, and I never noticed anything that they were affected by their stardom. Mm-hmm. Right. No, never, never noticed anything about that. They were, they were still, and they still are, the same kids that I worked with. What, fifty-three years ago? Mm. That's, that, that's that's a testament to, to friendship, and, and, and that they do consider you part of the family, and that you'll always be part of the family. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that was part one of our interview with Valerie. Listen next time to hear part two. I want to say thank you also to the people that reacted to my uh, my monkeys, showbiz babies, rare flexi disc recordings. I've had those um, given to me by collectors over the years in the 90s. And always wondered what those records were that came with the little action figures back in 67. Uh, some were in better quality than others, but they're all about Davy Jones and Peter Dork. A little bit of DJ patter there, but I'm glad everyone enjoyed them and liked them. Some rarities from the vaults. And soon we'll have more rarities. I see somebody has asked for the 1991 Mickey on Howard Stern. I've got to get busy and unearth that mm-hmm. and post it on SoundCloud. It's amazing how those those records were scripted and written. Yeah. It's like, my God. Oh, yeah, without question. It's Mike like, loves puppies and long walks on the beaches. Yeah. And he hate and he and he hates Don Kirshner with a passion. Oh, wait, wait, scratch that. You didn't hear that, kids. <laughs> what? No. What, are you kidding me? No. Davy Jones stands an astonishing six feet eleven and loves pulling. Wait. <laughs> Who wrote this? Some guy named Davy wrote this. My family moved to Detroit and then to Berlin, where my father was a lieutenant in the army. It's time now for that beautiful prize giveaway that we talked about on the last show. Al Bigley, are you ready to give away some goodies? Johnny, I'm ready. We've got a fabulous new prize package ready for our newest contestants as they appear on the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion Facebook page. It was actually, we got some, this was, I think, my favorite because... It's funny because it ties in with what we talked about this week. Now, let's remind people, in our last episode, we had people go to our Facebook page with their idea of what would make good covers, what would make, what monkey songs would be interesting covered by other people. Yep. And we had great answers. This was pegged, if you're looking, right under the, uh, these are comments right under our last Christmas episode. It's tagged right now on the uh, the the page. When you hear this, it probably won't be, but... Yes, it's pinned and tagged and all those good things. But we heard from such great people as Jamie Telgren. I like, uh, wait a minute, where am I? I'm going to make uh, you pronounce his name. That's uh, easy. Um, no, um, where's it? Corey Marr had a good one, too. Yes. Corey Marr's was interesting. It was Hard to Believe by Tom Jones. I can I can dig it. Mm-hmm. Jamie talking about Linda Ronstadt doing Don't Listen to Linda. Yeah, boy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, I, she probably hadn't had her Frodus for the day. That, that, you know, that or she she mistook the corn cob for the Frodus. So uh-huh. we love you, Jamie. You know that, right? Mm. But Daniel, Sam, thank you for your comments. Some interesting things. Absolutely. And uh, but you know, we got to give it to Greg Sider. I think because yes. of the fact that Greg worked overtime on this, so it's like he um, Johnny Cash doing Midnight Train. Wonderful. 
possibly. And then he said maybe he could do it as a duet with Tom Waits. Wonderful. That was pretty cool, I got to admit. Um, and then Shorty Blackwell covered by Snoop Dogg. It took me five minutes to stop laughing when I saw that. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Shorty like it's hot. Shorty like it's hot. Um, Magnolia. Now, this was a good one. Yes. Magnolia Sims by Leon Redbone. You can just hear uh-huh. Magnolia Sims is my little girl. Apple pie and, on a windowsill. And that's the closest I'll get to Leon Redbone. Yeah, me too. But, you know, it's... Um, Here's the big one. Yeah, but this, you know... Carol King. Mm-hmm. Her Man Without a Dream. Yep. Covered by... Sammy, babe. Sammy Davis. Peace and love and togetherness. Right. That, to me, yeah, it's like, you know... And it's funny... Because the song that he compares it to, I have, um, there's a beautiful YouTube um, clip of him doing hits, uh, and this, the, that particular one, so who can I turn to? They do, he does a phenomenal version on a concert that was done in St. Louis in 1965. It was Sammy, Frank, and um, Dean, and it's awesome. It really Dean. is. I'll get I'll listen. Listen, if you're gonna go, do me one favor before you leave. Stay. Oh, hey, uh Which way's the audience, Pally? Where's my martini? That's right. I gotta give I gotta give it a grade just for that one, because that's that just for the just for the who can I turn to when nobody needs me. that reference. Greg It's great. You're showing your age, man. Now do we announce it? Is Greg our winner? Don't and what does he win, Johnny? That's right. As you can see on our Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion blogspot page, that's tpchc, monkeyscast.blogspot.com. Boy, did we give away some good stuff this time. You're getting the rare, new, Monkey's 50th Anniversary Australian Tour Visit Program book. Thank you once again to Eric. Oz Monkey Man. That is easy for you to say. You're getting a rare sticker from Hear No Evil, the famous early 90s Monkeys tribute disc. Two Monkeys action figures. Sorry about that. With the blue shirts. Yeah, yeah, there you go. A Davy Jones poster from his appearance. Well, not his appearance. Forgive me. The memorial show, the memorial event held at the Hard Rock but in wait. New York City. But wait, did I hear you say there was more? I've added more. A monkey's shirt. Now, it might be size medium, but it's a wonderful monkey shirt that you can wear. It's tan with the red logo. And I found a rare copy. It's here somewhere. Of Mickey's original 60s solo. Don't do it. Why don't you do it? Why don't you do it with me? See, Mickey again doing his James Brown solo. He can do anything. Yeah, it's Don't Do It backed with Plastic Symphony 3. This is the original 60s Challenge 45. Now, it's not in great shape. I don't have a sleeve for it. You can maybe use it as a coaster. But, uh, Greg, all these prizes are yours and they'll be coming soon, as soon as you send us your address. Thank you all for participating and listening. Absolutely. We got some great, we got some great comments. So, what we'll do is, uh, once Al goes through some more spring cleaning, we will put together another prize. And what we'll do is we'll do a, uh, a little video clip. That we, we haven't done video together in a long time. And when you see us, you know why. Yeah, so, no, the, uh, the cease and desist order from Facebook is finally starting to... YouTube is funny about what they allow on their uh, channels. Just because I'm in my tights and, you know... 
You promised me you wouldn't do that again. You said you'd look the other way and I could be you know, on your side behind you. I can't it. turn my neck that far. I can't turn my head that far. Oh, so, well. But we'll do, we will we will put together another prize package and then cut a little video montage to show you what you're going to end decide how you can win it. Is it is it time to wrap it up there, my friend? Well, considering at the restaurant here, they're uh, they're closing things down and the lights are going off. And the waitresses are looking at us like, "Will you please get out of here?" They do that anyway. <laughs> they're bringing over candles. I don't know what that means. Yeah, that's true. But as always, we like to thank those of you that listen to us. And oh, before I forget, the contest will have ended by the time that we make this broadcast available. But I want to thank all of you that voted for us constantly. In the WFAEFM Queen City Podcast Contest. Yes, thank we didn't, you. We didn't make it to the third round, but we appreciate all the, the all you guys taking the time to vote for us every day. That doesn't mean we don't have other things coming. At least I hope so. At least I hope so. It depends on uh, how I can regain my focus once I get the you know the music bingo business is trying and I'm trying to get that going again. So I'm just like you know I've got something that I want to do, but I just have to get to the point where I can do it. And a couple of people know what I'm talking about. So, And if nothing else, the contest may have gotten a few more ears on the uh, podcast. Absolutely. And it doesn't hurt to try. So we want to thank, as always, Frodo's Queen. Jamie Telegram. Uh-huh. David Lovin. Levin. Lovin. Lovin. Levin on a jet plane. Right. <laughs> I'm playing. We've been through this, what, three episodes ago where David called in and corrected us? Yep. Greg, Snyder, Greg Snyder. Oh, my goodness. You're putting me on the spot. Lindsay. Lindsay. Lindsay Stewart. Our beautiful friends over at Zilch. Right. And if you're not listening to Zilch, why not? That's right. They've got a great... Uh, the last one that we put out is a... Uh, oh, yeah. Belated happy 77th birthday to Peter H. Torkelson. Which was just two days ago our time. As, but... as we recorded. On the 13th as we recorded this. But, yeah. Hey. You know... Oh, by the way, before I forget, a uh, very quick sidebar. I watched that uh, uh, Ivan uh, produced yes. movie. Wow, and that's very it frank. Opened up some eyes. So, but you know, if you if go to Vimeo, V I M E O, and search for Peter Tork and check it out. It's it's wonderful little slice of life movie by Ivan, mm-hmm. his son. So very good. Thanks everybody. Thanks for your support, your suggestions. I know we're leaving people out. Thanks to Ken Mills and the Zilch people, like we said. Thanks to the guys at the Monkey's Live Almanac page. Yes, uh, everyone. Uh, Mickey Galena, uh, he's a constant supporter. All these people, all you guys that take time to uh, to post on the page, we love you. What was that last name? Mickey who? Galena. Mickey Galena. Mr. Bob Mickey Midlina. Mr. I can't Mickey. make it work. Mickey Galena, Mr. Mickey Galena, Mr. Mickey Galena, Mr. Galena, Mr. Mickey Galena, Mr. Galena, Mr. Galena, Mr. Galena, Never mind the furthermore, the police are defense. Never mind the furthermore, the police are defense. Never mind the furthermore, the police are in the pants. Mr. Galena, the police are in the pants. Please are in your pants. I think it's time to wrap up the episode. Yeah, I think. Saying please are in your pants. I think I'm getting drunk on Long Island iced teas without the Long Island. So, as always. Yes. Thanks to everybody, and this is a podcast done by fans for fans. That's right. We, in no way, shape, or form, have any association with Michael Nesmith, Mickey Dolans, the estate of the late David Jones, Torque, Andrew Sandoval, and Ryan Records. Anything that has anyone connected directly to the monkeys, Video Ranch, uh, Along Comes Jones Media, uh, this is just our labor of love for the monkeys. All copyrights do their respective owners. That's right. Everything here is used for entertainment purposes only. No wagering. <laughs> I beg you. Oh, i got to put that money back in my pocket. So until we meet again down the road, this is Alan. What am I doing hanging around, Williams? This is Al. Hard to believe, Bigly. 
and reminding you, as always, to save the Texas Prairie Chicken. Isn't that dumb? It's been dumber. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode. I just wanted to say, of course, this episode was recorded before the very sad death of Peter Tork, and the interview with Valerie also was recorded before then. We've since put up a great deal of Peter Tork material on our site, including a special episode where Alan and I remember Peter and our personal interactions with him. You can find that on the, uh, the blog page and on our Facebook page. James Lee Stanley, Peter's often partner, was very kind enough to give us an interview since that time, and that's also on our page. And James has some very wonderful and funny stories of life with Peter Tork. Valerie herself reached out to me in a text and said that she wishes to convey her condolences to Peter's wife, Pam, his brother, Nick, and Peter's son and daughters. She also sends her deep sympathy to all of Peter's fans, his Facebook team, We've all lost a very dear person. My heart goes out to you all, and I'm very sorry. Valerie has been quite affected by this, as we all have, and I think we're all right there with her regarding her thoughts and wishes. So until next time, take care, be good, and let's be good to each other. The universe is permeated with the odor of turpentine.